With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We'll have the dream once again here on a fabulous Saturday. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Steve Harbin and Bernie Fratto with you here. Harbin and Fratto. Unbelievable here on this beautiful Saturday from the Fox Sports Radio studios. And Bernie, I tell you what, I've been around this biz a long time. You've been around this biz a long time. How is it possible? That we have never crossed paths before. How's this possible, Bernie? Well, Steve, let me just say this. It's good to be with you, and I got to tell you, I'm forever fascinated and amused by the circle of life. Now, hold that thought. Because as Yogi Berra would say, we have different similarities. We both worked alongside certain icons. I corresponded for the better part of a decade with Dick Schaap. He was my mentor. And, of course, you, you were joined at the hip with the legend Chet Forty. And my biggest takeaway about that might surprise you. It's not that Forty was a TV legend, and of course he had a huge part in the success of Monday Night Football. It's not that despite being 5'8 and a buck 45 dripping wet, he was a legendary basketball player at Columbia, was even drafted by the Cincinnati Royals. My biggest takeaway, Steve, is that when you and Chet were doing the loose cannons back in the day on the Mighty 690, Forty was the most sensational ambassador for stuffed pizza in Del Mar that history will ever know. In fact, there were times you guys would be eating stuffed pizza during the show, and I swear Forty was having an out-of-body experience because he would rave about the pizza in a way that was damn near Shakespearean. It is unbelievable. Now, where are your roots, Bernie? Because I know, obviously, you spent a long time in Detroit. You're in Vegas these days. But where, where are your roots, Bernie? 
Well, I'd say Southern California because that's where I matriculated, as Hank Strand would say. But I was born in Detroit, Michigan. My mother went to the University of Michigan, moved to California when I was five, six years old, lived there until 1993, relocated back into Michigan, uh, Novi, Michigan, which is near Ann Arbor, spent 14 years in the media there, uh, CBS Radio, Lions Pre-Post, all those things, and then relocated back to Las Vegas in 2010. But most of my formative years were in Orange County. Went to high school in Orange County, Cal State Fullerton, and, of course, drove the 91-405 freeways listening to guys like you, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, Rancho Penasquitas, you know, <laughs> Jim Healy, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And see, here's the thing. I envy guys like you because coming out of UCLA, you had the the awareness, the development, the consciousness, the relationship with yourself, the maturity to know what you wanted to do for a living. I was the opposite, even though my degrees in journalism and public relations I was a field baseball player, so I was poor, went into the corporate world. But I woke up a few years later and said, I've got a passion for this. So hopefully that answers your question. Well, Bernie, I wish that was true about me because the only thing I knew about my coming out of college where I was sports editor of the Daily Bruin at UCLA is I wanted to work sports. But, you know, I got into PR work. That was my deal. Worked for the Raiders in the 80s and really fell into broadcasting by sheer accident. But like you... I'm happy I did, and I love the fact that we're going to be doing the show together today. You know, I'm a, I'm a little weirded out, first of all, because I'm sure you're like me right now, Bernie. You're just chomping at the big to get a full football schedule going. No knock on baseball. Look, we're looking forward to the pennant chases, get down to the end of September, and I, I love postseason baseball. It rarely fails to deliver uh, a lot of drama when it comes to postseason baseball, but we're all anxious for the football season to begin. But here's what I don't understand right now. So today we are celebrating week zero of the college football season. Now, I don't understand zero. Zero to me means nothing. And what we're getting is more than nothing. In fact, I'm watching Scott Frost going down in flames again here. Two and a half minutes ago, Northwestern has the ball up three. But also on top of that, Bernie, next week, there's no NFL football. Last year, they introduced us to the bye week before the regular season begins. So when they cut the preseason from four to three games, where's there's no NFL football next week. So tomorrow will be the last preseason game, and we don't get football until a week from Thursday when the Rams open up the season against the Buffalo Bills. What is that? I need my football right now, Bernie. Well, it's a byproduct of the new CBA, obviously, and avoiding injuries. Now you've got this gap where it's almost 13 days before the final NFL preseason game and, of course, the regular NFL season game. But there's a lot of juicy matchups in college football. We're going to have Ohio State and Notre Dame, and then the following week, of course, Texas and Alabama, et cetera. I'm with you. It's a newfangled schedule. It's a little disjointed. It's a little oblong. We're all getting used to it. But I must say, because I'm a junkie, the preseason is not totally lost on me. I know the years that I covered the Lions from 98 to 08, and I'll tell you, I saw it all, Steve, pre and post. I, I learned that, obviously, in the NFL, it, it, for, there's a financial component, which you know, in, in the preseason, but also player personnel directors, position coaches, coordinators. It, it's a better way for them to evaluate 
player position battles in a live game situation and of course evaluate progress and their higher draft choices from year one to year two but there's also a betting element and i don't want to poo poo this there's nothing like betting preseason football because there's no other sporting event where you put two teams on a field of play and only one side cares if they win and the other doesn't one coach will play their starters the other won't and there's plenty of data and history about this and trends to suggest that now, given the overturning of PASPA in 2018 and the advent of legalized sports betting and how much people already enjoy it anyway, that that helps to the castor oil go down a little bit better, Steve. Well, Bernie, I, I'm glad you mentioned this because Jeff Schwartz, uh, who's normally sitting here with me, he is big time into the gambling world, and he alerted me a couple of years ago about the phenomenon that is Baltimore Ravens preseason football. Right. Not just the fact that they have now won – did they, did they play that? 22-0. It's 22-0, but they're 19-2-1 over that span against the spread. Now, if you play your cards right, because like you said, there are certain coaches that put a premium on winning in the preseason as opposed to those that simply mail it in, where you can stockpile some money, you know, play with a little house money before the real games actually begin. But you got to be paying attention to all this. So obviously you're all over that, Bernie. Let me, let me ask you, how long have you been in Vegas now? Uh, I've lived here since February of 2010, mm. uh, but I've, I've been coming here as a fan and a participant. Let me put it to you this way. I've been coming here. The first show I ever attended was at the Stardust. I saw Rich Little open up for, Jean, for Joan Rivers. Mm-hmm. So I've been coming here forever. I feel like a Vegas guy, but I've, I've, only, I've only made it my residence since uh, February of 2010. Well, Bernie, you will appreciate this, though. Uh, so you mentioned the Stardust. There was a time when the Stardust was the only place in Vegas you could place a bet on a sporting event. Super Bowl 16. Between the 49ers and the Bengals, Joe Montana's first yep. Super Bowl win, January of 1982. In the Silverdome. My, uh, my buddies in the Silverdome, my buddies and I were uh, in Vegas, and we did a three-way parlay. We took the 49ers minus a point and a half, under 48, and we parlayed it to a University of Virginia basketball game featuring Ralph Sampson where they were a slight favorite. Virginia wins in a blowout. All the late money came out on the Bengals. By the time that game kicked off, it was at pick them. Um, but fortunately for us, the 49ers uh, didn't blow that big halftime lead. Won the under barely covered 26-21 final and then I got a speeding ticket on the way back to L.A. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they pretty much gave away all my winnings. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Vegas. Uh, I, I used to cover literally every month, Bernie, I was in Vegas covering fights. I mean, whether it was at oh, Mandalay yes. Bay or MGM Grand, it literally was my home away from home. Spent a ton of time in Vegas. Uh, and uh, I love it there. And obviously, my connection with the Raider organization, yes. it's still yes. surreal to me uh, how that whole dynamic is working in Vegas. And let me just ask you quickly here, how is that dynamic working for the Raiders in Vegas? Beyond belief, their valuation as a franchise was just uh, estimated at $5.1 billion yesterday. It's doubled in the last two years. It's quadrupled in the last four years. The city of Las, Ve- uh, Las Vegas is all about the Raiders, and Vegas has always kind of been a, a Raiders town, a de facto Raiders town, just like L.A. And, and, of course, Oakland. But there are significant expectations this year, and the narrative is simple. Derek Carr is the nice guy. 
but he's got a lot to prove. He's 57 and 70 as a starter, and we'll see how they can perform under those expectations. By the way, Steve, I give you top credit for bringing up boxing. I miss the days oh. when they would construct the old temporary stadiums over at Caesar's Palace. And I got to tell you something, my man. People might not believe this, but it's true. One of the fights I attended here was in November of 82, November 13th, I think, when Ray Boo Boo Mancini knocked out Dooku Kim, and he died three days later. I was at that fight, Steve. Wow. You know, the Olympiad, which was the first sports book in Vegas at the uh, Caesars Palace, Lou D'Amico and Vinny Maiula. Those were my guys. I just talked to Vinny on the phone yesterday. Vinny and I are very close friends. If you say uh, say hi, tell him Steve Hartman says hi. Absolutely. We have a long a history of Vinny back in the day. That's and uh, You know, it was amazing to me. I never forget this. So we go down to Caesars Palace to the Olympiad, the sports book, and Vinny and Lou were there, and they uh, they pointed me to what looked like just a, a random betting window right you know the old olympiad they said when you go to the window tell them you want the house burger (laughs) okay you know know, this vegas right sure so i i walk up to this window and there was no signage or anything that this was a place to eat so i walked to the window i almost felt stupid and i'm like um yeah uh, i'm interested in the house burger and the lady at the window said hang on so she leaves and she comes back and hands me this burger. Look good, right? So I bite into this burger and I'm like, holy crap. Basically, what this was was a prime rib right. burger. The grinder. Yep. Oh my. Bernie, it was unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, when you see Vinny next time, tell him Hartman says hi. Definitely want to uh, touch base with him. All right, we're just getting started here. Hartman and Fredo, here we are. After all these years, we finally get together to uh, have some fun on a Saturday. Week zero, and what's at stake right now for Scott Frost and this Nebraska football program and how this changing landscape of college football has definitely affected, in a negative way, certain universities that once held a very high level in the collegiate sport of football. We'll explain coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, We've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday. So do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harvin, Bernie Fratto right here, Fox Sports Saturday. It is week zero. Really an inappropriate zero. name. Zero of the college zero. football season. And uh, Bernie, one game is now in the books. Actually, two games. With the one game that people are watching out of Dublin today. By the way, before we get to that game, what did you make of this uh, story that apparently their credit card system did not work and they have no cash sales at that stadium? So that meant all the beer, beverages, food was free. Um, That's not a bad idea. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's good work if you can get it. It actually happened here, Steve. Don't tell anybody. At Allegiant Stadium, the first preseason game in 2020, as you recall, even though the Raiders opened up here in 2020. Or check that. 2020 is when they opened up here, but there were no fans. 2021, last year, was the first year we had fans, and it actually happened in the first preseason game. Well, I guess if you flew 4,600 miles to watch this, and you're a Nebraska fan, and it was a must-win game, and it was an anathema for Scott Frost fans, I guess maybe that drowns your sorrows, uh, and I understand they even ran out of beer, but... You know, that's one of those oddball situations that just shows you that we're living in 2022 when they don't take cash. Yeah, uh, cashless. By the way, Dodger Stadium is cashless as well. I found that out. Took my Mm -hmm. boys to a uh, Dodger game earlier this year. Uh, Scott Frost, with the loss today, is now 15-30. and 15-30 and as the head coach in Nebraska. You remember when Bo Pelini... He was there for seven years. Four of those years, they won nine games. Three of those years, they won ten games, and they couldn't get rid of him quick enough. What, you can't win more than nine games? Come on, Bo, you're out of here. They brought in Mike Riley, who, by the way, is one of the nicest people I've ever met in the entire history of coaching. He couldn't turn it around, but then Scott Frost coming off that undefeated season, you know, Central Florida's claiming the national championship and everything else. The savior returns. It has never been worse now when you think about a nebraska program ernie that had a 32 year run from 1969 until 2001 where they won at least nine games every year back when they had 10 and 11 game schedules for nebraska to have fallen this hard completely evaporating from the conversation of elite college football programs can they ever get it back well, somewhere, somewhere Bob Devaney is oh. spinning in his grave. Uh, this was a premier program. And I never thought it was a fit, Steve, when they joined the Big Ten. I think it seemed to take away their yep. national recruiting scope, as as it were. And, you know, you mentioned Bo Pelini, which 9-2 and two coach you're laughing at now. Obviously, he had some travails with the front office, as it were, and he didn't get along with people. But this is serious business now. Because they gave Scott Frost one more year, and I'm baffled because based on what he did at Central Florida, I thought he would go there and have success. It hasn't happened, and I I really can't explain why. I know that there were three key questions going into today's game. One, could Casey Thompson take command at quarterback? I'd have to say that he did. He threw for 355 yards. He did throw a couple of picks, but he did move that offense. Last year, Eric Chenander's defense wasn't bad. It actually ranked number 15th in total defense, and they were fourth in the Big Ten. They, you know, they, they returned a couple of top tacklers, et cetera, et cetera. But the third narrative, Steve, and this is one I know you'll relate to, is can the Huskers flip the script in close games? They were 0-9 
in games decided by nine points or less in 2021 come right out of the gate today as a 14-point favorite, bet down to 11.5, lose a conference game right out of the gate by a field goal? Well, to me, when you're losing the majority of your close games, that's coaching. For for whatever reason, you don't have your players of the right mindset at the end of these games to figure out a way to escape with victories. Great coaches win close games. Also, Rance lose close games. It's just just remarkable. I mean, Northwestern, hardly an offensive juggernaut, well over 500 yards of total offense today uh, against this Nebraska defense. So if you're a Nebraska fan out there, I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that those glory days are history, and I don't know how they're going to get it back. And, in fact, Bernie, I wanted to sort of get your thoughts because I've been talking to everybody about this, just the entire changing landscape of college football. I mean, we we talk a lot about name, image, and likeness, and a lot of money is being thrown out at these players. But this transfer portal situation, to me, is the biggest change in college football. We've seen a little of it before this season, but – Now, forget it. All bets are off. I mean, USC alone has 22 transfers coming in in one season. To me, this is really going to test coaching because now all of a sudden, you know, you used to recruit a class, you'd redshirt a class, you start developing the guys in the system, and by the time they're juniors and seniors, they're up to full speed. That is no longer the case. You got a lot of these guys on a one-year rental coming from a variety of programs all over the place, and you get a you got to put them on the same page immediately. How much of a challenge is that going to be? Well, huge. You, you, you covered a lot of good points there, uh, and I would just say this. I think there's a good, bad, and ugly aspect to the college football transfer portal, and we're just not there yet. I don't know if we have a big enough sample size, Steve, to really determine mm-hmm. if the good outweighs the bad or it simply starts to stink under its own weight. Like you said, you develop a guy and he leaves, used to have to redshirt a year, et cetera, et cetera. We've got to see how that fleshes out, right? We have eight top-tier quarterbacks playing for new schools this year. Let's see how that translates on the field. Interestingly enough, I actually feel the NIL is a situation that I'm paying a little bit more attention to because of the dynamic that it's created over college football. Let's talk about, for instance, Texas A&M. They get this number one recruiting class, six five stars, 11 four stars, three three stars, and their boosters coordinated a very extensive and expensive effort. They spent $30 million. They targeted and coordinated these donors who went after specific players. Now we're going to find out this year, does that work? And I'll tell you why, because when you bring in all these freshmen and they're getting money, does that put pressure on the school to get them on the field sooner. So these donors that are spending fortunes, take Quinn Ewers last year, goes to Ohio State, was promised a million dollars, can't even get on the field, now he goes to Texas, he starts day one. What happens when the Manning kid gets there in a couple years? So it's a big, jumbled, crazy mess. Not of the likes, Steve, we're never going to see the 78 Trojans again. No. Greatest college football team of all time. Went into Alabama, led 24-7 late in the fourth quarter, and got stolen. Well, they won 24-14, and some idiot in the AP voted them number two that year. All 22 starters played in the NFL. 42 found their way into NFL rosters. What's the significance? Two-year point. They built a program, and there was continuity where boys grew into men over four years, and they were developed. Shouldn't have lost that game to Arizona State. That's right. They did. 20-7. Frank Cush. Exactly. Frank Cush back in his heyday, who, by the way, 
fleece the Southern California market of high school talent on players <laughs> that USC and UCLA would not touch. Okay, so Frank Cush says, you won't touch them, we will. We don't care about GPAs at Arizona State. That was the Frank Cush formula back in the day. Um, no, I, I look at when we talk, I have to laugh, to be honest with you, Ernie, because, you know, a couple of years ago when it really started here in California where they gave the green light to the beginnings of the name, image, and likeness. Uh, and this is in the aftermath of the lawsuit by Ed O'Bannon and everything else. So, I, and at the time, I remember people saying, well, this is not going to affect a lot of people. Maybe maybe a star quarterback is going to pick up a couple local endorsements. I go, are you kidding me? You have opened Pandora's box. Once you've given the green light to put money in the pocket of players, what do you think's going to happen? They yes. said, "Well, it's going to be isolated in California." I go, don't kid yourself. No, they're not. What do you think they're going to let USC get the the market on players because they can offer some common NIL money and no one else is going to do it? Obviously, the NCAA just took their you know they took a giant step backward and said, "You know what? You want to open this up? You figure it out." It is the wild, wild west. Money is pouring into these players' pockets right now. I don't have a problem because again, when you look at this latest deal that the Big Ten has got with uh, with Fox, you know, and then all these other networks, billions of dollars, maybe the players should get their fair share. But because there are no guidelines right now, it is a free-for-all. All right, we're going to get into a lot more college football on this week zero. But first, let's find out what's trending right now. Bernie, you're not going to believe who's in the house. Dan Byer. How about oh, that? Man. Look Dan at that. Byers. My man. How is this? Man, hey, Dan Byer. He's quick with a joke and a lot of your smoke, and there's no way we'd rather be. <laughs> Dan, you uh, never get to hang. I mean, you're on air on the weekends. I but, know. Uh, be hanging there. Wow. I know. I love that recap of 78. I was about one and a half at that time yeah, of well, that, that 78 season. I were a little older than that. I know. I know. Um, I'll tell you what. Nebraska fans are growing old today after Northwestern did this to them. Yeah, it's throwing wide open. Nairo's got it. Five. Touchdown. Raymond Nairo all alone. 41 yards. And the Wildcats answer back. Yeah, it wasn't just the ground game. Ryan Helinski threw for 313 yards, two touchdown passes. Northwestern tops Nebraska, as you guys mentioned, 31-28. to Dave Bennett from Learfield on the call there. Another Big Ten team in action right now. That's Illinois. Right now on the Big Ten Network, they lead Wyoming 7-0. Six minutes left to go in the first quarter. Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold going to miss four to six weeks with an ankle injury. While Panthers kicker Zane Gonzalez in jeopardy of missing the season because because of a groin injury, we saw Saints rookie lineman Trevor Penning being counted off last night. Now the NFL Network says he's out indefinitely as he needs foot surgery after suffering that turf toe injury. Day baseball, Jays and Angels scoreless in the second, while the Red Sox have jumped out to a 2-0 lead on the Rays in the first inning at Fenway. And Scotty Scheffler has a one-shot lead over Xander Shoffley in the third round of the Tour Championship. Scheffler at 19-under. Shoffley, an early birdie, has gotten to 18-under. Guys, back to you. All right, Dan, very good. By the way, Dan, always on the road. And um, I'm glad you caught up on the golf there, Dan, you know, because I know. <laughs> and a late start. You know? I, I know. I mean, yes. uh, by the way, if Scotty Sheffer does win this and adds an extra $18 million to his pocket, how much money is that? How, it was like $25 million he would have made this year? Something like uh, that. It would also be priceless to the PGA Tour because, yeah. you know, to, to have him – and maybe not a live golfer, take the headlines this week. That would be really, really good. And reminder to the live golfers, as much money as they're making for these uh, tournaments that no one are watching, 
$18 million is nothing to sneeze at to win this uh, FedEx uh, championship. All right, Dan, we'll check in with you a little bit later on. Bernie Fratto and I talking a little sports right now. Now, Bernie, you're in Vegas, and there's a there's a gambling element to Vegas. Am I right? Am I missing something there? A little bit. Just a little bit. It's right, right here, yeah. All yeah. right, so uh, right now, uh, UNLV uh, yeah. over there at Allegiant Stadium taking on Idaho State. So I'm looking at the balance of games. We've got two games in the books. Dan mentioned Nebraska, Lucy, and Northwestern, West Kentucky. Uh, with a win over Austin P. Uh, any games you like today in college football? Are, are you one of those guys that feast off the college schedule for the NFL, vice versa? What, what is the easier play for you, Bernie? Well, it's always easier to play college, Steve, for a couple of reasons. Uh, the book has to put up so many lines. They're not always accurate, so you look for market inefficiencies. The second thing is the college thing, the college game offers one aspect, Steve, that the, that the professional game does not, and that is typically in every game you have better athletes on one side of the field. Case in point, UNLV is a 24-point favorite today over Idaho State. But should a two-win team be laying 24 points against anybody? No. Most sharp betters I know are have taken the points. The only two games I'm on today, I did have – uh, Northwestern, I love Pat Fitzgerald, plus 13. You've got a Big Ten conference game week one, 4,000 miles away on a neutral field. Nebraska shouldn't be laying 14 points to anybody. It was bet down to 11.5. I got it at 13. And then later, full disclosure, I'm the under in Wyoming versus Illinois. Not real big on Tommy DeVito. I saw him at Syracuse, and uh, I will tell you that they would have been better off with Danny DeVito. But to your point, Steve, here's the situation. I'm a spot player. I, 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 I try to be as discretionary as I can. Kudos to you for hitting that three-team parlay back in the day. Yeah. I, I don't recommend people bet parlays, even a two-team parlay. You need two outcomes. That's not always so easy to do. The books love it when players bet parlays. It gives them a little bit of a thrill, and you get a little bit better payout, but they're very hard to hit. So I'm very discretionary. Uh, discretionary. I pay attention to coaching matchups, quarterback matchups, situations, injuries, travel, all those things, of course. And in the NFL game, a lot of what happened the week before it will tell you typically what's going to happen the following week, and then you see if that adjustment is made in the line. Yeah, Bernie, I, I'm fascinated. Look, uh, the best man of my wedding many, 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 many years ago uh, was a bookie. Okay, so I, I've been around it a lot, which is why I don't gamble. I'm not a gambler. I do bet. Uh, I know my limitations. It seems like I can I – can, prognosticate fairly well as long as my own money's not on it. But once I lay money down on something, forget it. I mean, you'll appreciate this. How about this? I love going old school with you, Bernie. 1981. Okay, mm -hmm. 1981. So yeah. I am just uh, graduating from UCLA at the time after my five years. And I'm getting ready for the uh, the NCAA basketball tournament. And I have a buddy of mine that's got all this inside information, right? So he goes, look, especially these opening round games, there's a lot of blowouts, easy money, uh, let's let's put like 50 bucks up. And that was a lot of money for me back in the day on like five games, five games. Uh, and I said, you know what? I'm feeling good. How about six games? I'll put <laughs> I'll put I'll do I'll do six games, fifty dollars a game. Right. Every game's a coin flip. So one or the other. I lose all six games. Now, what are the odds of that series? What are the well, odds? Right. That you would lose. Well, I mean, the same odds of winning all six games It's basically what it is. So the next day, you know, the second day of the opening round, I got to make up some money here. So I'm, I'm calling everybody. I'm like, come on, give me some games here, man. So I end up with five games. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Five games, five games. I lose all five. 
in two days, I lost the equivalent of three months rent. And that was pretty much the end of my gambling career. So when we look at the sophistication of sports gambling these days, and you mentioned my association with Chet Forty back in the day, one of the most notorious sports gamblers. My favorite story about Chet was the first ever Super Bowl broadcast by ABC, and I was at this game, Super Bowl 19 at Stanford Stadium, Joe Montana versus Dan Marino. And it was my first year working for the Raiders. And as a NFL employee, I got to buy two Super Bowl tickets at face value, which was $60 each. And my buddy and I drove up to Stanford Stadium to take in this game. Now, I had no idea that the guy directing that game for ABC would one day be my partner, being Chet Forty. Chet Forty gets a phone call that Gabe Kaplan, Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah, absolutely. Notorious gambler. Yes, he was. Was taking anybody that was willing to bet against the Dolphins. Like, he was all in on the Dolphins. I think the line, the 49ers, like two and a half, three point favorites in that game. So, Chet, imagine this. You can appreciate this, Bernie. So, here is Chet Forty directing the Super Bowl and everything that encompasses directing the Super Bowl, cameras, and everything else. And in the midst of prepping for the game, as they're literally counting down to kickoff, Chet's betting the bejesus out of this game. And by the time the game kicked off, he's got $200,000 on the game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with the 49ers. Now, can you imagine the mindset if you had that kind of money bet on an event? Oh, by the way, you're responsible for directing that event for the network, for the entire world to watch. This is the decadence that was Chef Forty back in the day. I loved him. I miss him terribly. Yes. But, um, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. What, I mean, you've been around this industry. How do you keep your sanity, especially because it's only growing by the moment? I mean, we're about to have these propositions in California putting the green light to sports gambling that could blow the lid off of the whole business. So how do you keep your sanity? All right, let me unpack all of that. First of all, I want to address your situation in 1981. I must tell you, anybody can lose 11 in a row. Oh. It's, it happens to professional betters, and they'll admit it. It happens to anybody. The part of your story that sticks out of my mind is losing your rent. So the number one rule of betting is manage your bankroll in a way that you never endanger your bankroll. Right. And I think probably... And look, you're just having fun. And you know, you know why you did what you did. It's why every better does what they do. You don't really get high winning the bet. You get high making the bet. It enhances the viewing participation of the sporting event. It feeds your competitive spirit. You fit the mold perfectly. Educated, upwardly mobile, intelligent, successful. You want a little action. It's fun. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. You bet a little too much and you endangered your bankroll, but that's all you did. But you treat it like a business. I'm not a professional better, but I think like one, and I have access to all the people you just mentioned, and someday we'll name drop and we'll have a lot of fun. Next time you come to Vegas, let me know. I'll buy you dinner and we'll we'll go say hello to Vinny over at the South Point. That'd the, be bottom, great. the bottom line is this. And that is you keep your sanity by managing it the same way you manage any other vice in your life and don't go overboard. Now, that's not always so easy to do. But I will tell you, Steve, I learned the hard way. We'll go a little old school. and You're going to love this one a lot. 
January of 1980, Super Bowl 14. My beloved Rams were 11.5-point underdogs to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I bet my buddy Craig Aversho, 50 bucks. How could my beloved Rams, Vince Ferragamo, Wendell Tyler, Pittsburgh comes to town. They're leading 19-17 to in the fourth quarter. Ah, I'm counting my money. You know Pittsburgh scores two touchdowns late. They win 31 to 19. They cover by 12. The line is 11 and a half. Oh, by the way, not for nothing, Frank Corral, God bless him, misses an extra point or I would have covered the game. I was fascinated. I said to myself, how does it happen? How do they know? Well, they really don't know. Vegas is not in the business of predicting the future or fortune telling. We're in the business of managing risk. And when Vegas puts up a line on any game, it's not a predictor. It's merely an it's it's merely an instrument to create equal action on right. both sides. There's a little thing they charge called the vigorish. That's how the book makes their money. So how do you keep your sanity? Not everybody does, Steve. Well, and, and going back to my buddy who was a bookie, I mean an independent bookie, and that could be a pretty dicey business. I remember when I saw a bullet hole in his wall one time. That was uh <laughs> Maybe a sign that he was in the wrong business, but um, but no, I mean, and and if a lot of money came in on one, he would hedge his bet, right? I mean, sure. he's he's not going to take the full brunt of it, so you know he's going to bet his own money opposite to offset some of the money that was flowing on on one team or another. But there is there is a science to us, science to this, and and you have to take it seriously. Being a casual better is fun, like you say, if you're really playing with house money. But if you're going to take it a little more seriously, you got to do your homework. You got to be smart. You can't be yes. stupid. I was stupid back in '81. I couldn't. I. I literally. I'll never forget that phone call to my dad. I'm like, Dad. <clears throat> he goes, Son, don't tell me. I, I, I. Dad, I'm a little behind. I need. I need a little help with the rent. Uh, and so uh, I learned my lesson back then. All right, coming up on the other side, we haven't even really gotten into any NFL talk here, Bernie. But there's a lot of NFL news as we wrap up this preseason, going into Week One, including one team that made a decision about their starting quarterback that has baffled some, but I may have an explanation coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Steve Irwin, Bernie Fratto here, Fox Sports Saturday. What do you normally do at this time, Bernie, on a Saturday? I listen to you guys. Huh? Yeah, I'm driving around, doing my stuff, getting my workout in, get ready for my show tonight, of course. I sign on at 11 p.m., 11 p.m. to 3 a.m., but uh, just a regular dude. Just happy to be here. By the way, real quick, I yeah. texted Vinny Maliulo, the aforementioned Vinny yes. Maliulo, true Vegas legend. He texted right back in one minute regarding Steve Hartman. Great guy. 
We did some work together in the 90s at KCBS. Mm-hmm. Please give him my best. And we did. That and, is uh, absolutely right. So I, when I was doing my radio show, my first radio show, Bernie, uh, was sponsored by the Olympiad at Caesars Palace. And it was back in 1989. I had just left my Raider gig. And uh, so we'd either have uh, Vinny or uh, Lou D'Amico, who is working with him at the Olympiad on our show every single day. And then later, I started working in television, like a decade later, at KCBS with Jim Hill. And we did a segment with Vinny every week. So, uh, great guy. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to catch up next time in Vegas. I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about coming to Vegas. I was in Vegas last December for the College Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony as a guest right. of Eric Dickerson. And I know now, because it was such an amazing event, Bernie. It was an unbelievable event. Now, all of a sudden, because this event for years was in New York, and they're like, all these people showed up in Vegas. So, they're going to have it in Vegas again. Our dear friend LeVar Arrington is part yep. of the class this year. So I'm thinking of maybe uh, making a trip to Vegas in December. So if I do, I'll definitely uh, check in with you. So uh, we'll definitely do that. Hey, I have a question to you. Every time I think about Geno Smith, you're going to love this. So Geno Smith, let's go back to the 2013 NFL draft. And uh, Pat O'Brien and I are doing our national radio show for Fox Sports Radio uh, in New Orleans for that Super Bowl the year the Ravens beat the 49ers. And, uh, of course, the draft was coming up later and you know how it is. And you've covered Super Bowls and you have all yes. these people around and they're trying to get interviews and everything else. And Geno Smith, of course, coming out of West Virginia, was projected to be, you know, a pretty high draft pick. And so they set up for me to do a one-on-one with Geno. Uh, it was a tape that everybody, um, uh, Pat was doing some other things. So I said, I'll handle this. I'll just sit down with Geno Smith. So I sit down with this kid and uh, I said, so, Geno, any, any indication where you may go in the draft? And he just gives me this blank look. And he goes, do you have any clue what you're talking about? And I said, I'm sorry, did I miss something? He goes, and he's looking at me absolutely directly in my eye. He goes, I'm the first pick in the draft. I remember that. And I'm, like, and I'm like, I mean, and I mean, <laughs> like, like it was like already done. Like, I mean, we're at the Super Bowl. We're still months away from the draft. He's looking at me like I am literally the only person on the planet that has not heard <laughs> that he's going to be the first pick in the draft. I mean, he was dead serious. I, I thought he might be joking, but I mean, he was looking at me with such contempt. Like, how stupid are you? I'm the first pick in the draft. How dare you? So, as we all remember on that draft day, he ended up the 39th pick. That's right. He was the only guy left in the green room on the first day, came back the second day, ended up the 39th overall pick. Well, now apparently... He is the savior of the Seattle Seahawks. He has beaten out Drew Locke for the number one quarterback position. I got a theory on this. I want to get your thoughts, obviously, Bernie. To me, this season is a complete tank job by the Seahawks. I think that they are looking at the golden opportunity to be one of the top, you know, bottom feeders, high draft pick. Of course, they picked up some draft capital in the trade uh, of Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos to try to ensure themselves an opportunity to get a Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud, one of the top quarterbacks in next year's draft. Now, no one team is ever going to admit this, especially when you have a 70-year-old head coach. But to me, it almost seems like everything they're doing right now is almost guaranteeing them a terrible season. Steve, I love your recall. Remember, times have changed. The Chiefs drafted number one overall that year. Yeah. And and the and the irony is is that 
Geno started all 16 games that year with the Jets, went eight and eight, and it's all been downhill since then. That was his best season, right? But but to, but to answer your question, Pete Carroll is, is downright. He was almost obstinate in the post game press conference uh, after uh, the Seahawks played the other night. He says he's earned it. Geno's earned it. He's won the job. You know, and let's face it, Drew Locke, he got COVID before the second preseason game. The other night against Dallas, uh, he threw three picks. He didn't look good. And Drew Locke has just got this reputation of a guy that gets chance after chance, lifeline after lifeline. He couldn't beat out Teddy Bridgewater, and I can't beat out Geno Smith. He's basically a career backup who seemingly had potential, but he doesn't go anywhere with it. The long and the short of it is he had the chance to win the job, but Geno... I'm finding out now was basically, you know, told he was going to get the job before the season started. He's been there on the roster four years. To your point, I don't know how you win anything in that division, that loaded division with Geno Smith. Oh. So hard to disavow your theory that basically the Seahawks are tanking. Yeah, I just I look at their situation and it's a restart. Obviously, they retain Metcalf. I mean, they've they've done some things. By the way, I'm really excited to see Rashad Penny this year. He was the hottest San Diego State. Yeah, I loved him. You know, he was a superstar at San Diego State. He's had all these injuries at the NFL level, and his career yards per carry is 5.5 yards a carry. And at the end of last year, he was the hottest running back in the NFL. So I, I, I'm curious about that. Pete Carroll, you know, I'll go way back with Pete Carroll from his USC days and everything else. So I'm anxious to see how they're going to do. In fact, on the other side, I want to get into this, Bernie, because I love these preseason over-unders on wins. Who's a good play? Who's a bad play? We're going to break it down. Coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Bernie Fratto here on this edition of Fox Sports Saturday from the Fox Sports Radio Studios. Week zero of the college football season, which makes no sense. There's actually 11 FBS games going on today. Nebraska's already lost to Northwestern. By the way, Bernie, what the hell's going on? UNLV is suddenly a juggernaut, 38-7. Two minutes to go in the first half, blowing out Idaho State. Of course, we've been hearing all these rumors about the future of UNLV with the changing landscape of college football, the possibility uh, with the Pac-12 losing USC and UCLA that they may be circling the wagons around San Diego State because of the San Diego market. And a lot of people say, well, they'll go after Boise State. Sorry, Boise, Idaho. You're not Vegas. Um, I mean, are you hearing this? Is there... Is there buzz in Vegas that UNLV might really move up in class in terms of their conference affiliation? 
Well, I know that UNLV would like to see that happen. And, and by the way, I'm glad I didn't bet this game today. I think it's more of an indictment on Idaho State. UNLV's win total is only three and a half this year. But there's renewed, and, and I don't want to start too far down this road, but I believe with the ESPN pulling out of the Big Ten negotiation, that $380 million they had earmarked could go to the Pac-12 or Pac-10. And I know that I think San Diego State could be in play, and I think UNLV could be in play, primarily because of the market. And the eyeballs that are descending upon this Las Vegas market, I know UNLV would love that, but I don't think we're near that at this point. Well, they might change their mind after this game. I mean, if they put 70 up today, uh, I don't know. Might change some minds, even going against Idaho State. All right, uh, before the uh, break, I, I wanted to get to this. Um, as we, we head into the new season, and if you're a fan of a team, by the way, I, I'll, a quick side question to before we get started. When we talk about people, if you were to identify somebody as a diehard, I don't miss anything NFL related in terms of games and everything else, what percentage of people are tie their allegiance to the NFL to an individual team as opposed to how many of those people really tie themselves to their fantasy football teams over any existing NFL teams? Where, where, where do you think the percentages are these days? Oh, I think it's probably 50-50, Steve. With uh, co- covering the Lions for so many years in Detroit, it's such a wonderful fan base. They live and die with their team. So when it comes to betting on their team, rooting for their team, and, and defending their team, uh, it's really the hometown uh, deal. But your fantasy league, of course, that's a whole different ball game, right? Uh, it, it, people take it take it very seriously. Just ask Jock Peterson. So I think anytime you involve and you conflate emotions like that, where you want to see your hometown team win because you identify with them and to, to a degree you, you are emotionally invested in them, uh, and you combine that with money, of course, you put the two together, and obviously there's going to be a conflict. But for the most part, I think it's about 50-50. All right, so I want to get to some of these over-under on wins going into 2022. Uh, see, again, we have a bye week next week. This drives me crazy. We should have NFL football next week. We're going to have to wait another week before we get the regular season started. Uh, before I ask you a question, I'm going to ask Danny G, our producer, a question right now. So, Danny, uh, who is a diehard Raiders fan to the nth degree, never fails to come in here on Saturdays fully decked out in the silver and black. So, remind me again, Danny, the uh, the Raiders won 10 games last year and made the playoffs. Am I right? Correct. All right. They won 10 games. They made the playoffs. They add Josh McDaniels as their new head coach. And they acquired the services of Devontae Adams, who's one of the best receivers in the NFL pretty good haul all right so you had 10 wins a year ago right now i'm looking at uh vegasinsider.com they have the raiders posted at eight and a half wins like you i'm not a big gambler but mm-hmm. i bought a ticket on the over he bought a ticket i bought on a the ticket over. on the over all right so that's a little precursor here bernie so you're in vegas right there um i've talked to some raiders people and they say you know what Eight or nine wins is about right for this Raider team because they do have some work to do on their offensive front. But what did you make of that? I mean, because on the surface, I'm looking at the Raiders like, how could they have gotten worse? I mean, they, they have an upgraded head coach. You bring in not only one of the premier receivers in the league, but a guy that has history with Derek Carr going back to their days at Fresno. How did they get worse? 
Well, it's all theoretical, but I'll lay it out for both of you guys, and I'm rooting for Danny, and I think it's better for the NFL when the Raiders are good because people either love the Raiders or hate the Raiders. It's like the Yankees, and the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. So you have to have the same emotion invested, but I'm going to answer your question directly. Last year, the Raiders went 10-7, and seven, but they benefited from a little bit of luck and some very key metrics that professional bettors look at. First of all, they had the fourth-best injury luck last year, and that doesn't always carry over to the second year, and they went 4-1 and one in one-score games. One-score games are very important in the NFL because typically what happens one year, the opposite happens the next year. But the most mind-blowing stat, guys, was that even though the Raiders managed to go 10-7, and seven, they had a 65-point differential to the negative. Typically, in, in what you call the Pythagorean theorem in baseball and football, based on the amount of points you score and the points you give up, will determine what your record should be. So typically, and there's years of data on this, that if you go through an entire season and you have a negative 65-point differential, you're a team that's 7-10. and 10. But they got hot with Rich Passaccia. They were 6-7, and seven, won four straight, earned them, Top credit. And the offense does give it get a significant boost from Devontae Adams. However, the pros are very mixed on the Raiders. It could see them going eight and nine. Part of the issue, their offensive line ranks twenty-fifth, their defensive line ranks twenty-second. They have issues in the secondary. And people like Derek Carr. He's characterized as a nice guy, but with a lot to prove. They're fifty-seven and seventy. They have a pretty daunting schedule the first five weeks. Three tough divisional games, three tough road games. The Raiders can do it, but they still have to do it. And I must tell you, even though I'm rooting for Danny and I'd like to see the Raiders do well and I live here, I would just say this. I'm not sure what's going to happen. All right. So, in other words, your best advice there is stay away from the Raiders in that eight and a half. All right. So, when you're looking at some of these other numbers at the top of the list, you see the Bills and Bucks at 11 and a half. At the bottom of the list, you see the Falcons and Texans at four and a half wins. What stands out here, Bernie? I mean, as far as teams, were you saying, boy, that number is too high or that number is too low? Well, let me start beginning, middle, and end with the Dallas Cowboys, and I've been harping on them for the last five weeks on my show. You could have got the Dallas Cowboys under at 10.5. It's now down to 10. Now, why do I say that? The Cowboys went 12-5 and five last year. I strongly recommend the under. But Dallas only had two wins versus playoff teams last year, and both of them were against Philadelphia, arguably the weakest playoff team in the field. Meanwhile, they lost to Tampa Bay, Kansas City, the Raiders. They lost to Arizona. So they're only 2-4. and four versus playoff teams. Secondly, the defense only ranked 18th, 18th, Steve, in yards per play, opponent yards per play, which isn't good, and they lost Randy Gregory. Also, the Cowboys were number one last year in turnover differential, which correlates to wins, but Dallas, you really can't keep that up this year. What goes up typically must come down. You've also got a situation where there's no more Amari Cooper. And then on August 1st, the Cowboys lost James Washington to a fractured right foot, so he's out about 10 weeks. That's a huge loss because that creates more increased pressure on Dak Prescott. You're going to see defensive coordinators start to stack the box, which also now puts more pressure on Ezekiel Elliott. Plus, CeeDee Lamb is going to draw double coverage. He got hurt recently. I'm not sure his situation. You combine the loss of that, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup coming off a torn ACL, plus the Cowboys already had shaky offensive line issues before losing Tyron Smith the other day and let me not bury the lead I am not I am not and never have been with all due respect 
a Mike McCarthy fan. I, I don't even call I call him Barney Rubble. He's always got that look on his face like he's wandering the mall parking lot, can't remember where he parked his car. Case in point, trying to run that play with 14 seconds to go at the end of the season last year. Doesn't bode well. Dallas Cowboys are a big under, Steve. Yeah, uh, Mike McCarthy really showed his true colors back in his Green Bay days when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. They inserted Brett Hundley, and obviously Hundley had a different skill set than Aaron Rodgers. They could not adjust. You know, remember when Doug Peterson made the adjustment, when Carson Wentz went down and Nick Foles came in and they restructured the offense to bet fit the skill set of Nick Foles and they ended up winning a Super Bowl. All I know is since Mike McCarthy left, the guy that succeeded him won more games than his first three years oh, as a yeah. coach in NFL history, a guy with zero head coaching experience. I'm with you on Mike McCarthy. Um, all right, I want to get to some other teams on the other side. One quick note. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows this. I, I rarely talk about this. I have a Heisman vote. Actually, the whole world knows. Um, right now, <laughs> right now, my uh, my vote goes to Doug Brumfield, the uh, quarterback at UNLV. Who? Uh, Doug Brumfield. Uh, he is Never twenty of. of twenty-four, three hundred fifty-one yards and four touchdowns in the first half against Idaho State. It is forty-five to seven Rebels. With 42 seconds to go in the first half against Idaho State. So there he is. Doug Brumfield is now the leader in the house for this year's high school. It's my quarterback. Does anybody know who this guy is in Vegas? Let me ask. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's a lefty. And he, he, was high, he had some really good games last year. Keep in mind, he's playing against a bunch of guys who will be bouncers in three years. <laughs> and Idaho State's not only an FBS team, yeah. or an F, check that, an FCS team. Yeah. They're one of the worst FCS teams, and they turned over their whole roster. So I don't want to diminish someone's success, but see me about week eight after UNLV's played the likes of Notre Dame and San Diego State and Boise State. Well, part of my uh, thing over the years, for all these years I've had an Heisman vote on Saturday shows, is I give you my updated one, two, three, and again, it's based only on what they do in games that season. I don't do a preseason one, two, three. Uh, but right now, Brumfield's playing in a real game, supposedly. Uh, I'm putting up some monster numbers. All right, so on the other side, let's get to some other teams right now that are good plays in terms of the playing. I got a couple on my list. Let's see if they match up with what Bernie's got coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This must be in reference to uh, Nebraska ball football right now. Um, uh, Steve Harvin, Bernie Fratto here at Fox Sports Saturday. I just saw a stat they flashed. Uh, as Nebraska lost today in Dublin against Northwestern, uh, dropping Scott Frost's record in Nebraska to 15 and 30. You mentioned about the Raiders uh, in one-score games. How about that? Uh, they just flashed in one-score right. games, eight points or less 
since he's been at Nebraska, Scott Frost's record is five and twenty-one. Five yes. and twenty-one in one-score games. That's not good. That's really bad. Yeah, we we touched on that in the open. Yeah, this is one of the questions: Could they overcome those? you know, coin flip games, and they didn't today. No, that did not happen. Uh, Before we get back to some of these teams over-unders as far as wins coming up for this 2022 NFL season, uh, I understand you had something to say about one of my all-time favorite players, who, by the way, was the uncle of my college roommate. My college roommate's mom was Len Dawson's sister. Oh, wow. So uh, this is going back 40 years ago, and uh, I was always a Dawson fan. Ironically, I worked for the Raiders, but as a kid, I hated the Raiders, and I was a big Chiefs fan back in the days, uh, the classic days of the late AFL years when the Chiefs-Raiders were literally the best rivalry in all of professional football. But you got something on Len Dawson. I met Lenny in 1992. We promoted the quarterback legend show in Nashville. An elegant man. I shook his hand. I go, man, Lenny, you look good. He goes, I feel good. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Steve, everybody forgets that the Chiefs went to two of the first four Super Bowls. Yes. Okay? And in that era, Steve, I know you'll appreciate this. You always hear, who were the usual suspects? Bart Starr, Joe Namath, Sonny Jurgensen, Bob Greasy. You never hear about Lenny Dawson. And of course, the iconic photo in Life Magazine, halftime Super Bowl one, smoking a cigarette, drinking a fresca. But in Super Bowl four, Lenny Dawson's Chiefs, as a 13-point underdog, dominated an incredibly good 12-2 and Vikings team, the Purple People Eaters, that looked frankly unbeatable. No one talks about that game because the year before, Namath, of course, had beaten the Colts, 16-7 as 17-point underdogs. The coincidence is the Chiefs also led 16 to nothing in that game, like the Colts did, won 23-7. Lenny Dawson was the MVP of the game. Didn't throw for a ton of yards, but he was 8 of 13 on third down, kept moving the chains, had a 91 passer rating. couple of other distinctive things about that game. It was the final year, that ticket, if anybody has one, it's a collector's item, because on the ticket it doesn't say Super Bowl. It says AFL-NFL Championship game. It wasn't officially the Super Bowl until Super Bowl V. And Hank Stram, that day, we all know, was mic'd up. It was the first time he was ever mic'd up, or check that, any coach in the NFL was ever mic'd up in a live contest like that. What I remember, though, most is what a consummate professional Lenny Dawson was. And in his passing this week at age 83, I want to give the man his due because when I start naming the usual suspects of great all-time quarterbacks, like I just did, Lenny Dawson deserves to be mentioned in that group, and he's often omitted. Well, and amazing, uh, he, of course, uh, failed early in his career in the NFL where he was on the bench for three years for the Steelers, two years for the Browns. He only started two games in those five years. Hank Stram had been an assistant coach at Purdue when Len Dawson was a star at Purdue, recruited him to the AFL in the eight years he played in the AFL from 62 to 69. He led the league in passer rating six times. Six times in those eight years, led the league in completion percentage seven times. Hank Strath said for years he was the most accurate passer that he ever saw. Um, Len was a great guy. Of course, for many people that don't remember his playing days, they remember inside the NFL all those years with the late, great Nick Bonacani, uh, and he did that forever. 
Um, so he is he is definitely a Kansas City icon. I had a chance. I was in uh, Canton, Ohio one year for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. I got a chance to hang out at one of the hotels with all these all whole yep. Hall of Famers. Bernie, you would have had a field day. You're like me. You know, you know who these guys are. And the thing about it is they appreciate that, right? You know, a lot of these guys are forgotten. And they, you know, they might have a little bit of a big head when they're playing. It doesn't take long for, you know, the page to turn and new stars emerge. But I was in my glory that day and had a good time, had a couple of drinks with Len. He was a uh, yep. wonderful man, a great, great man, and uh, a really great representative for NFL football all those years. Um, Steve, one more quick thing, because yeah. I'm glad you brought up Purdue and Hank Stram. Here's the significance. Yes. Lenny Dawson chose between Purdue and Ohio State. Yes, he was Woody out of Hayes Alliance, was Ohio. Pissed. That's right. Woody Hayes was pissed uh, that he didn't go there. But he would have been stuck in that split-T offense where they never threw the <laughs> never ball. Never threw the ball! Right? Can you imagine? And interestingly enough, as a sophomore, which was the first year Lenny Dawson started at Purdue, he was the NCAA's leader in passing efficiency. He also played defense and was the team's kicker. Oh, he, he was an unbelievable athlete, an unbelievable star, but I can't imagine him going to Ohio State back in the day. They never threw the ball. Literally three yards in a cloud of dust. That was the Three Woody things Hayes. can happen and two are bad, right? Yeah, the old thing, uh, incomplete pass, interception, uh, two out of three things when you pass the ball are bad. Uh, that's old Woody Hayes football. All right, uh, let's get back to this uh, talking about teams. All right, uh, what you know? You mentioned the Cowboys, and I'm in full accord. Under is the play with the Cowboys this year. Remember, no team has won back-to-back NFC championships since the Eagles rattled off four in a row between 2001 and 2004. What do you think of the Eagles this year? They're sitting at over under nine and a half. I don't know if that line has changed much. Are, are you a believer that there is more to the game of Jalen Hurts? I mean, I've always been intrigued by Hurts. I've always been a fan of his. Going back to his days at Alabama, he got that one year at Oklahoma, certainly made the most of it. But do you think that he – I mean, that's always the question with any quarterback as he enters the league. What kind of ceiling does he have? Are you a believer in the Eagles this year? I'm not sure, and I'll tell you why. And I really like Jalen Hurts, the man, the way he handled losing the job to Tua. And then he came back the following year and pulled one out, goes to Oklahoma, and he's really developed nicely. And I think if this team's going to do it, it's going. they're going to do it because of their idiosyncratic coach, Nick Sirianni. They started off 2-5 and last year, and they had that bizarre press conference. Then they finished seven and three the the rest of the way. But one of the keys, Steve, to the Eagles' success last year is they shifted away from being a pass-heavy offense, right, to a run-heavy offense. They were fifth in early down runs the rest of the way. So they don't pass on first down. Basically, it's a good sign in that Nick Sirianni has shown he and his coaching staff are able to adapt to the game plan based on their roster. Now, For years, the Eagles have not had a lot of great wide receivers, but now they've got a pretty good duo in uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Do I think they can get to 11 wins? I don't know. I'm not sure. One thing that might favor them is they have the second easiest schedule in the National Football League, but I could not in good conscience bet the over 10.5. I would lean under. I, well, I, I'm looking at they're up to 10.5 now? Yeah. Wow. So they have moved up on that. All right. Another team I definitely want to get into are the 49ers. Mm-hmm. All right. So Kyle Shanahan in his five years as the 49ers head coach, including the postseason, has a record of 43 and 44. 
During that run, Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback is 35 and 16. Yes. Without him, they're 8 and 28. That's significant. 35 and 16 with Jimmy Garoppolo, 8 and 8, 8 and 28 without him as the starting quarterback. And the only thing, because I watched the other night, Trey Lance was struggling. He looks like he needs a lot of work right now. And even Kyle Shanahan admitted, well, ready or not, we're ready to roll. And they're really back themselves in the corner. I mean, there's still this threat that we're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, you know, and his $24.5 million or whatever it might be. And I'm thinking to myself, you are fully committed to Trey Lance. You gave up all that draft capital to move up to get Trey Lance. You can't bench him. Can you imagine if you benched him and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, who obviously would be flying out after? They're they're in a pickle. But what are your thoughts about the 49ers? Because I'm trending under right now. I'm looking at a line at 9.5. I think this is going to be a troublesome year for the 49ers. Boy, we're in lockstep. You lay that out very nicely. I love all the numbers about Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, we all know them, but he loses the job. Why? Because he's, quote, a game manager. So they give up the ranch to get Trey Lance, who's supposed to be a game breaker. This is a situation, though, I think. If you're a 49ers fan, you better be very worried. Here's why. There's one word that can make or break an NFL quarterback. I did this for 10 years in Detroit. Recognition. You've got to be able to make pre-snap reads. You've got to process coverages. Quarterback Steve is a position you play with your eyes. You receive the ball. You make your reads. You see if they match up with your pre-snap observations. Then you have less than two seconds to execute. I don't care how fast you run, how high you jump, or if you can throw a football farther than Uncle Rico. You can't hold on to the damn ball. You've got to get it out of your hand, and to do that, that requires recognition. The ball is slow coming out of his hand. I don't like his mechanics. His ball sails, and oh, by the way, he's not accurate. And if you need to move Move your feet to keep a play alive. I'm not so sure I'm sold on I'm here either. Take note because you've got to still read the defense. Are they in man-to-man? If so, that could be a green light to run north and south because the DBs are going to be facing away from you, except for the safety who's probably 30 yards away. If the defense is in zone, you roll laterally, give your receivers a chance to side adjust their routes, get open, and create a play. I don't think Trey Lance can do any of that. His default mechanism is in the pocket He's going to take off and run, and he's not that accurate. They are married to Trey Lance, just like you said. Jimmy G, 35-60, and 60, not only won five playoff games, and if Jaquaski Tart doesn't drop an arm punt and the defense can hold a 10-point lead against Mahomes four years ago, he has seven playoff wins, including a Super Bowl, two Super Bowls. Or, you, know, you get the point. So I am very much trending under. They're in a tough division. Now, I will say he is surrounded by a lot of talent. Right, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, etc. You get the drill. Here's the thing about Trey Lance. They tell me that because of his dynamic playmaking ability, that he's going to create a problem for defensive coordinators. Yes, in theory. That is all theoretical. If he can work off script and not get killed by a linebacker, because they're going to hunt him down, they're going to make him operate from the pocket and throw to receivers in tight coverages that are very well covered, and he's going to have to put the ball in the nose. It's going to be a whole different ball game when the real bullets start to fly in two weeks as opposed to the other night when he's going up against guys that are going to be working at Napa Auto Parts next month. <laughs> Big difference, Steve. I am not sold on Trey Lance. All I say is don't tell me, show me. I'd like to see him do well. It'd be a great story. 
But don't tell me. Show me. You and I are in lockstep on this. All right. On the other side, I want to get to two other division rivals that could be going in opposite directions. But first, let's find out what's trending right now and whatever the over under is on him. I'm going over. Uh, Dan Byer. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, probably Huskers trending. Scott Frost trending. You had the stat of him being 5-21 and 21 in those one-score games mm-hmm. in Lincoln. Uh, the 10th single-digit loss that they've had dating back to last season. And that loss today at the hands of Big Ten rival Northwestern. Wildcats get a 31-28 victory. Wildcats did it on the ground, did it in the air as well. But a Scott Frost call for an onside kick when they had the lead. That may be the topic of conversation in Lincoln this week, but the Cornhuskers 0-1-1, Wildcats 1-0. Illinois right now up on Wyoming, 17-3 as they near halftime playing in Champaign. Elsewhere in college football, UConn and Utah State right now tied up at 14 apiece as they near halftime. In the NFL, Falcons up on the Jaguars early in the fourth quarter in preseason football, 21-12. Panthers making some news. Sam Darnold going to miss four to six weeks with an ankle injury, according to the NFL Network, suffering that in last night's pre season contest while Panthers kicker Zane Gonzalez could be lost for the season with a groin injury and Saints rookie lineman Trevor Penning was hurt in that matchup against the Chargers last evening. Turf toe injury is how it's described. He is going to need surgery and is out indefinitely. Red Sox all over the Rays right now as the teams play in the fifth inning in Boston 5-0 in favor of the Red Sox, while in the sixth inning, Angels and Blue Jays are scoreless. Shohei Otani on the mound for the Halos. He struck out seven and in five innings of work. Venus and Serena Williams have accepted a wildcard invite to play in women's doubles at the U.S. Open. And things getting tight, guys, at the Tour Championship. Scotty Shuffler still has the lead at 19-under. Xander Shoffley one shot back at 18-under. But Sung J M is currently five mm. under on his third round and currently two shots back of the lead. Back to you. All right, well, Dan, very quick question. Have you bet the bank in Ohio State winning in the national championship? No. Your Buckeyes. I mean, you got C.J. Stroud. Focused on Notre Dame right now. You might have the best. Do you have the best running back in the country? Uh, Darn near. Darn near. All right, so you have maybe the best quarterback in the country, best running back. Yeah. Sounds like a recipe for a national championship. Yeah, if the defense can get some stops, Mm, you know, you got to change a coordinator there. So uh, So you're you're hedging your bet on your Buckeyes. Just focused on Notre Dame, Steve. 1-0. That's all you Gotta look at. That is going to be a blowout. I I can absolutely smell blowout in that opening game for Ohio State against Notre Dame. So that's just me. Uh, Dan, we'll check in with you a little bit later on. Bernie Fratto is hanging out with me today here on uh, Fox Sports Saturday. We've been talking about, by the way, how do you feel about Ohio State, Bernie? I'm right there with you. I don't. I would not be surprised if they run the table. They're absolutely loaded on both sides of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're getting back. I want to talk about a couple of division rivals in the AFC East. That would be the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots, both listed at 8.5 over under, which means both projected to have losing seasons coming up this year. Let's start with the Dolphins. To me, I, I, there are a couple of teams that really I'm anxious to see how they're going to play out in 2021. Miami maybe at the top of my list. Mike McDaniel just sort of intrigues me as a coach. I mean, he, he's a different type of cat. No question about that. How much impact did he have on the uh, 49er offense? I guess we're going to find out now that not only does he have to figure out a way to get Tua Tungavailoa to the next level, but how to incorporate a skill set wide receiver like Tyreek Hill and maximize what he can do. What are your thoughts on this Dolphins team? Well, I'm glad you brought up Mike McDaniel because coming over from the 49ers, this offense will get a complete makeover. 
this season, and he's certainly going to implement the, quote, Kyle Shanahan-esque raw offense where it's a scheme that does take a lot of pressure off the offensive line, uh, which was the Dolphins' Achilles heel last year. And add to that fact that Miami signed two pretty quality offensive linemen in Teron Armstead and Connor Williams, that's going to help. Then you add Tyreek Hill. I like Tua. Uh, I've got numbers and metrics and data on him that show his first three years he's not been anywhere nearly as bad as people want to make out. It hasn't translated to the wins this year. I think it can. The over-under is 8.5. I think the Dolphins can certainly win nine games. Listen, Tyree Kill is arguably the most dynamic player in the in the league, a lid lifter, a game breaker, all of those things. And I've never liked the narrative. I've never thought it was fair that when people say Tua can't throw deep. He sure as hell did at Alabama. They yeah. just haven't let him do it yet in the NFL. And if you create the scheme and the athletes around him, there's no reason he can't do that. I like the Dolphins to get to nine wins. The one thing that stood out to me about Tua at Alabama, because I, I always had concern about his size and obviously durability with that uh, pretty devastating injury that he oh, discovered. Two injuries. Two injuries at Alabama, but he threw a very accurate deep ball. I mean, he that did. was consistent at Alabama. And, and Jalen Waddle, by the way, he had 104 passes as a rookie last year for less than 10 yards a catch, which seems almost impossible with Waddle's uh, skill set that he would average less than 10 yards of reception for an entire year. I got to believe that number is going to go up significantly uh, with Tyreek Hill. By the way, stay with Tyreek for a second. He's made a lot of noise in this offseason about Tua being a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes. Apparently really bent out of shape, but the Chiefs uh, didn't pay the price tag on him. From the Chiefs' standpoint, and, uh, you know, Adam Kaplan is going to be uh, joining us a little bit later on in the show. He's been a big proponent of how much the Chiefs are going to miss Tyreek Hill because when you would game plan against the Chiefs, it was like pick your poison, right? And we're going to go Kelsey or we're going to go with Tyreek Hill. Who are we going to try to take out of this game? You take Tyreek out of the equation. In your opinion, does that really change the dynamic of that Chiefs offense? It does in this standpoint, Steve. It, it certainly changes how teams defensive coordinators will game plan. Uh, against Kansas City. There's no denying their offense could take a step back. You lose to Tyreek Hill. He's a unicorn, right? But I thought they did a good job. You bring in uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and I think this kid Sky Moore out of Western Michigan can truly be something. And as long as you got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I'm not betting against the Chief. I think it's arguably the best quarterback-coach combination in the league. So I think the offense is still going to be very good. There are a couple of issues, though, if we're just looking at record. The Chiefs benefited it's from, a, from a stat I mentioned a minute ago, what you call injury luck. They benefited from the best injury luck in 2021. They were healthy. And the Chiefs, by the way, based on power ratings, professional betters' power ratings, will have the toughest regular season schedule this season. So I can see the Chiefs going 10-7 and maybe-ish, but I will say this, I still think they're a playoff team. All right, the most comical thing I've seen all throughout this preseason the NFL is Matt Patricia looking at the uh, <laughs> at, the, at the sheet. And, and at the he, Denny's he, menu, yeah. Yeah, he keeps flipping it. Like, he's looking at this thing like, why am I holding this to call plays when I've been a defensive coordinator, I've never been this, and now I'm going to be calling plays for the Patriots. And every time they flash him on the sidelines, he keeps flipping the card like, what the hell is this? Um I think the Patriots are, when you look at a year ago, a lot of things had to go right for them in order to make the postseason. And certainly Mac Jones totally exceeded all expectations in his rookie season. 
But all we've heard is how he really has struggled to sort of take his game to the next level. We talked about a, a ceiling on a Jalen Hurts. What's the ceiling on a Mac Jones? And if the Patriots do not have a good year, again, they're projected at a losing record in the over-under. What if they have like a 6-11 and season? What kind of job security? Is Belichick there for life? Or could you possibly see Bob Kraft stepping in and say, Bill, thanks for those six Super Bowls. Your time has come and gone. Boy, I just can't imagine Belichick not having cradle to grave security after what's happened. And if Bob Kraft were to do that, who do you replace him with? That's a conversation for a different day. You bring up some good points about last year. Look, the Patriots spent $160 million last year in guaranteed contracts, an NFL record. They went 10-7, and 7, so you could say it worked. I have zero faith in Matt Patricia. I saw what happened in Detroit. When you get an answer on that men- menu he's holding, <laughs> tell me why he's got the pencil in his ear, too. You should put that thing somewhere else. Look, I know the groupthink echo chamber is killing the Patriots right now. But I think what you're going to see is Belichick find a way to play a ball control, field position game, don't turn the ball over, don't commit dumb penalties, be assignment sound, and over time I think they'll be a little bit more competitive. They don't have dynamic playmakers, and as you well know, Steve, having covered the NFL all these years, that's what makes the difference in the league. To have those difference maker, dynamic playmakers, the Patriots just don't have them. That'll be their albatross. I think they're flip a coin through their 9-8 and eight or 8-9. Eight and nine. All right, on the other side, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the Deshaun Watson situation. Where do the Browns go for here? Did the NFL do it right with Deshaun Watson? And by the way, speaking of the NFL, are they going to do anything or can they do anything about what Aaron Donald did mm. the other day on the practice field? We'll break it down coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Steve Harbin, Bernie Fratto here. Fox Sports Saturday, keeping our eye on week zero of the college football season. Also keeping our eyes on what's happening with the NFL as we count down to the start of the 2022 season. Just quickly here, Bernie, what were your thoughts about the uh, punishment leveled against Deshaun Watson, the final resolve there with the 11-game suspension, $5 million in fines, which, by the way, in a year where he's only going to make $1 million in salary, if you added up the $5 million plus less than $1 million with the 11-game suspension, he's out $6 million out of the $230 million uh, that he's guaranteed by the Browns. Your thoughts? Well, I want to give Dan Byer credit. I think he characterized it best about a week ago when he said he felt in the end it looked like the NFL offered an olive branch to the NFLPA, and I agree with that because when Peter Harvey was assigned, they said you got two weeks. That was their definition 
of uh, expedite, expediting it. And so we already knew it was six games. The league wanted a, a full season, and the league wanted $10 million, and Deshaun Watson wanted no fine. Well, they just ended up cutting the baby down the middle. You, you take six games or 17 games, add it up and divide it in half, you get 11. $10 million fine versus a zero fine. Cut it down the middle, that's a $5 million fine. I had a pretty good source tell me that Sunday night before the Thursday, the 18th, that Harvey was basically drafting the paperwork for a full season suspension. I think at the end of the day, no one really goes home quite happy. I thought he should have gotten a full season. This was always going to be on some level a referendum on the NFL and their view towards cases of sexual misconduct. And I I don't like the way it shook out. And I will tell you, the Browns like it even less. It really essentially kiboshes their season. They could have dealt with six games because coming back after the sixth game, they could have maybe been three and three. But now if you look at the games Deshaun Watson could have played in that he's going to miss at Baltimore, Cincinnati, at Miami, at Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Oh, my goodness. That that kills our season. But didn't mean to get off track there. My point, Steve, is that I, I don't like the way it shook out. I thought he should have been given a full season. Yeah, it was, uh, like you say, the, the, the NFL wanted to create a perception they were going to be tough, right? I mean, this to me has been orchestrated from bringing in the former judge and she had the six-game suspension and they counter with, you know, ultimately this 11-game suspension. To me, it's all theatrics coming out of the NFL. The idea, well, we're going to get tough. In the end, Deshaun Watson really loses not much of anything. He's still guaranteed well over $200 million, and, and life will go on. All right, so let's get to this Aaron Donald mm. situation. So, first of all, why are the Rams scrimmaging against the team they just beat in the Super Bowl? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. I understand you set up these little scrimmages, but why would you scrimmage against the team that you just beat in the Super Bowl? I mean, there's, I mean, there's got to be a little rift going on uh, for the Bengals to be going against that team that's, you know, hoisting up their $100,000 Super Bowl rings in their face. Uh, So that to me was a bad idea to begin with. But then things really got out of hand with Aaron Donald swinging a helmet. I'm I'm literally, as we're talking right now, watching this video again. I mean, this is, this guy's a monster. We know that. I mean, in terms of his strength, his physical ability, uh, I mean, he could kill somebody doing that. But uh, the NFL says there's nothing we can do about it. it would, we can't do anything. This is at the discretion of the Rams if they want to punish Aaron Donald. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, to answer your question, I think in retrospect it was crazy, but we, we all know that Sean McVay and Zach Taylor work together and yep. they're friends. And and by the way, for scoring at home, they get to tee it up again tonight, I believe. They're playing again. So, yep. But let's get to the meat of the issue. Let me ask you a question, Steve. Had Aaron Donald done what he had done did what he had done in a regular season game, what would have happened? Oh, he'd be suspended immediately. Right. If he'd have done it in a regular in a in a preseason game game now, not just he practice. would be suspended immediately. What if he what if he was at a picnic and a little fracas broke out and he, he would go to it? jail. Thank you. So just because it's behind the sacred wall of an NFL practice where the NFL says they have no jurisdiction and clearly they have no legislation, which is something maybe we can ask Adam Kaplan about, they're hiding behind the veil of this oddball, idiosyncratic omission. So where are we going with this? Probably nothing's going to happen, which you and I both agree something should happen because... Otherwise, you're enabling behavior that other people can see. But the larger point here is, Steve, here's an opportunity for the NFL, who seems to get things wrong a lot, to now initiate some legislation saying, okay, 
We don't care if it's a practice or you're at your uncle's bar mitzvah. You swing a helmet, this is going to happen. Aaron Donald, something isn't right there. Um, There's no doubt he's one of the great talents, and you can certainly make an argument. He is the most dominant player in this league. Certainly no one dominates their position at the level that Aaron Donald dominates his position. But we've seen other times when he's ripped off his helmet. We've seen temper tantrums coming out of of Aaron Donald. Everyone insists. I was talking to uh, Eric Dickerson about this last week about Aaron Donald, and he said, look, you know, off the field he is, uh, you know, he's a great guy. On the field he is a bully, was the term that Eric Dickerson used uh, about Aaron Donald. But, uh, yeah, I I just, I mean, from what I understand, the Rams are going to suspend him from today's preseason game. Oh, goodness. Yeah, the Rams are taking a stand. Uh, He is unlikely to play in this preseason game against the Bengals coming up. But I'm sort of like with you. I mean, the idea of actions taken on a sports field that anywhere else in the world would put you in jail that somehow they're excusable because it's not a sanctioned NFL event doesn't make a whole lot of sense. All right, we got much more on the NFL coming up. More on Week Zero. Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider as well, coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, we've just been rolling along here on this Saturday, Fox Sports Saturday. Steve Harbin, Bernie Fratto with you. Seems like we've been together forever, Bernie. Same. Yeah, some senses we probably have. Well, first of all, you and I can go a little bit old school. You know, some people look at us a little cross-eyed, you know. and That's their problem. You know, anybody that's referencing anything that happened before. I don't know. Where, where is your cutoff, uh, Sam, as far as sports history is concerned? Um, when, when, did, when, when did essentially sports start for you? Give me a year. I would say I have a pretty good grasp of sports in the last, like, 20 years. 20 years. So maybe 2002 is what you're saying? Yeah, right around the turn of the millennium. Uh How about you, Danny? Are you one of those uh, guys where the world started sports-wise around (laughs) 2000 or... No, I would say kindergarten for me, and that was yeah. the early 80s. Early 80s. Yeah. All right, very, very good. Well, Bernie and I go back a little bit further. so That's not a bad thing, Bernie, by the way. I think you're supposed to learn something out of history. Isn't that the whole concept of learning history is to, to learn from history? And, and, and it just it's always amazing to me when I think about where everything has come. I, have you been watching the uh, recent, uh, the brand-new Lakers 
uh, history as now told through the eyes of the bus family as opposed to winning time, which, of course, my voice is on, uh, which uh, many people yes. will was a distorted view of those uh, Laker years, although I find it interesting. A lot of what was in winning time is also in this documentary. Uh, but it's a flashback because I've been a Lakers fan, Bernie. Uh, I go back to when I was in fifth grade when Bill Russell won his final championship, uh, beating Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor in the finals back in 1969. Uh, So I've always been a Lakers fan. And now the Lakers are back in the news as they made a trade to get Patrick Beverly as they gave up uh, Taylor Horton Tucker and what was it, Stanley Johnson uh, to the Jazz to get Patrick Beverly into a Lakers uniform. And, you know, Beverly is one of those guys because there's no doubt that right now they need a whole different mindset change because their defense never showed up. Uh, Darvin Ham, as the new head coach, is determined to bring defense. And who better than a guy like Patrick Beverly, who's one of those players you hate playing against, but you love having him on your team. It's like a, a Draymond Green type guy. You know, you hate playing against a guy like this, but you love having him as a teammate. Uh, but it also brings up an interesting situation because if the Lakers are not able to unload Russell Westbrook and his $46 million or whatever, $47 million he's making this year, that is some bad blood between those two guys. I mean, some serious bad blood that goes back in the day between Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly. So what did you make of this deal? So there's sort of a three-pronged observation that I have. And let me start by saying I was an intern at the forum from – 78 to 81. I'm not watching the current feature yet. I will eventually. I was so nonplussed by winning time because I was there. And we'll talk about it another time. But what I learned about the Lakers, Steve, is I believe they're an organization or a franchise that's defined by their eras. You went from the Chamberlain era to the, you know, West and, and Baylor to uh, Jabbar and then uh, Magic and then from Magic to, to Kobe and Shaq and from Shaq now to LeBron and, you know, Paul Gasol is in there somewhere. And their eras are defined not just by the fact that they won in each of those eras, but by the certain mystique and almost romanticized nature about the Lakers that truly exist in NBA circles. The Lakers are trying to find that mystique again, and they aren't able to do it. So now you make this move, and from a basketball standpoint, Steve, it actually addresses two of the Lakers' biggest current needs. One, three-point shooting, obviously, and perimeter defense. Beverly can shoot. He's basically a 40% shooter on threes the past several years. He can also play defense. I think he's also an underrated playmaker. So he can do a lot of things. And, of course, he's best known for his defense. He's like our buddy Al McGuire used to say. He's going to fall in and screw it up like a cockroach in a plate of spaghetti. He's just going to screw things up for the other team. But let's not bury the lead because you said it best there in terms of the dynamic between Russell Westbrook and uh, and Patrick Beverly. This is a this is a diatribe that goes back the better part of a decade. I don't see how they solve that because I really don't feel like Russell Westbrook is the forgiving type. Well, I have my my younger son who's 24, literally lives and breathes Laker basketball. 
I mean, when I get calls from my son day and night talking about the Laker roster, and uh, you never want to say this to your son, but half the time I'm dozing off because he's he's going up, <laughs> he's going through the same scenario over and over and over again. You know, he's he's playing NBA. Uh, what is it? Two K? Is that right? Uh, anyway, he's 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 one of those guys that likes to play general manager and flipping the roster and everything else. I keep reminding him of this. With or without Patrick Beverly, with or without Russell Westbrook, you know, remember there there was all that buzz about Kyrie Irving that suddenly yeah. is completely evaporated. Right, looks like the Nets are going to find themselves uh, with uh, Durant and Irving and Ben Simmons this year. Um, none of this matters if you don't have Anthony Davis on the court. The only thing that matters for the Lakers because you you mentioned the different eras of Laker basketball. Here's one thing I know. Certainly starting with the Jerry Buss era when he took over and they won the championship that first year with Magic. Their years are very defined. Either you won the championship or you did not. There's no, it's A or F. There's no in between. Even if they make it to the NBA Finals, if you don't win it, it's a failure. And that was the mindset of the Laker organization. So the question is, are they, do they have any road to win the championship? It's not measured by making the playoffs or, hey, maybe we can make a run to the Western Conference Finals. Not with the Lakers. Not when you have LeBron James. So is there any formula for this team to win the championship this year? And that still hasn't been answered. Obviously, with just LeBron and Anthony Davis and Patrick Beverly, and I don't know, maybe they can pull off a, some kind of miracle deal to rid themselves of Westbrook, you know, in uh, an expiring contract. Maybe there's something they can get out of this. But that, to me, is the big question, and none of this is going to happen. Unless Anthony Davis finds a way to stay on the court, and that's been the big question all along here, is the fact, is he committed Bernie, to doing what he has to do in the offseason to keep himself healthy over an 82-game schedule plus the endless playoffs. Well, if past his prologue, I don't like his chances. And you are right. Without Anthony Davis on the floor, it's moot. But even if he's on the floor, I'm not sure. Either way, this probably isn't the Lakers' final roster. I'm guessing another move is coming at some point. They'll try to make a deal right away, and they got to solve the Russell Westbrook thing. But that's not Barry. The other half of the story what have they done to close the gap, you know, truly with the Golden State Warriors or the Clippers for that matter, or certainly maybe the, even the Denver Nuggets or the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Phoenix. Look, they're nowhere near. At best right now, you put this team on the floor with a healthy Anthony Davis, and I think they're maybe a fifth or sixth seed. I, I don't know. Look, the whole LeBron James situation is this. I'm a big LeBron fan in terms of him as a player. He is completely in uncharted territory right now. I mean, this is year 20 for him. Last year in year 19, he averaged 30 points a game. I mean, he's still one of the absolute elite players out there. But time has taken its toll. And they were so fortunate with the whole bubble situation mm. a couple of years ago yes. because they had that extended layoff. And that meant as they you know wrapped up those last eight games of the regular season and got themselves ready for the postseason, you had arrested LeBron James 
and a healthy Anthony Davis. And that's all they needed to secure an NBA championship. Are they as bad as they were a year ago? I can't believe they're that bad as an 11 seed. But where do they sit in the lexicon of uh, Western Conference teams? I'm sort of with you here. They're maybe, at best, a five or six. I can't really put them much beyond that unless I'm absolutely shocked by some, you know, back season where Anthony Davis shows up for 75-plus games and is putting up the kind of numbers that landed him on the 75th anniversary team. Well, if that Anthony Davis shows up, maybe it'll be a little bit different. But I will say this about Patrick Beverly. I'll take him on my team anytime. I love yes, having to absolutely. play by like Patrick Beverly. He's going to do the dirty work, all the things that most players do, shy away from, getting under other people's skin. That is a, a good thing. But not if he's getting under the skin of his teammate, Russell Westbrook. That would be counterproductive. I'm in agreement that. Patrick Beverly brings great value, and Steve, he does need the ball in his hand all the nope. time to be as effective, and he'll do great setting up pick and rolls and things. Uh, let's take a page out of our book the last hour. The Lakers are projected over-under in Vegas to win about 45 games. That puts them on pace with, oh, the same as the New Orleans, Pelican, New Orleans Pelicans. So I think they're a long ways away from a championship, and I'm glad you brought up what you brought up about the bubble because they deserve to win the championship – I don't give him an asterisk. It's not a, you know, Roger Maris had eight more games to hit more home runs, uh, and he did it. But the, every, the Lakers were playing by the same rules. However, comma, not all time off is created equal. Uh, LeBron with a 37-year-old body who's broken down then and having injuries, same with Anthony Davis. Not only did they have those, you know, those months off to lick their wounds, they didn't have to travel in the bubble either. So that mattered as well. Are they near that team? I don't think they're even as good as that team was, and the West has gotten a lot better. So I really don't like their chances this year. Will they get to the playoffs? Most likely, right? But I would compare them to a team more like the Toronto Raptors or New Orleans Pelicans, or maybe not even as good as the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have an over-under of 48, and they're nowhere near Golden State or some of the usual suspects we just mentioned. And by the way, the fact that LeBron extended his deal in L.A. with so much uncertainty about this roster right now tells me that he is coming to the finish line. Because, let's face it, he bailed from Cleveland originally because he wanted to win a championship. He bailed from Miami to a Cleveland team that had the pieces to win a championship. Came to L.A., won a championship. But I think at this point his mindset is, now i got some other things going on right now, and L.A. is the right place for me. So that could be a big, uh, big question moving forward. Where is LeBron's head in terms of going all out to win another championship? All right, on the other side, we're going to get back to the NFL. It is time to check in with our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, Adam Kaplan, joins us coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harvin, Bernie Fratto here. This is Fox Sports Saturday. We're going to be joined shortly here by Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider who, Bernie, he's been uh, touring the camps and in that little... Uh, one-on-one time. My my time that I worked in the NFL with the Raider organization way back in the 80s, um, this was a, my favorite time of the year. It really was. You know, it was sort of fresh because once you get into the season, it can be a grind. Mm. Uh, and you, and um, the, the thing I always took away from this as a non-athlete, as a sports observer, and a guy who has a lot of admiration for athletes in general and everything they put themselves through to perform for us sometimes on a daily based, uh, basis, depending on the sport. Uh, but being around an NFL team back in those days, Bernie, day in, day out, is everything they put themselves through. I mean, it's, it's almost indescribable. You don't think about it. You see the big guys with the pads and everything else. It is... It is unbelievable to me that these guys can get out there every single day, certainly like this guy, because let's face it, when it comes to the NFL, in our mind, no one is more synonymous than this man. He is our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, XM NFL Radio's own Adam Kaplan. So, Adam, is your tour of all the training camps over? How's that? uh... Yes, finally, yes. I was with the Dolphins and Eagles uh, Wednesday and Thursday in Miami. Yeah, and the Dolphins didn't work on Thursday due to a uh, stomach virus that went around the team. But uh, it was really weird to see Philly practice on the Dolphins' practice field without the Dolphins practicing. But that, it, that was it. Yeah, and they actually played a night. But, yes, four-week odyssey is definitely over. All right. Well, Adam, let me follow up here uh, because Bernie and I were talking about the Eagles earlier. Um, I, I'm picking the Eagles, as you know, Adam, because, well, we haven't had back-to-back winners in the <laughs> NFC East since the Eagles rattled off four straight from 2001-2004. Do they look like a team that can take the next level? And where do you place the ceiling on Jalen Hurts' potential in the NFL? Yeah, it's funny, Steve. The, the latter is the question because I think the Eagles have to ask themselves that. They've done such a good job of adding talent around him. It's really now he's got to play at a higher level. Yeah, they did make the playoffs. It was certainly surprising in his first full year as a starter. Uh, but they kind of won – Without throwing the football, they had the best running game in the National Football League after six weeks. That's not what they wanted to do. They didn't want to become a running team, but to help him, they had to, and he was a big part of that. In fact, he led them in rushing. Uh, but that's that's going to change. They're going to throw the ball more. They trade of A.J. Brown. Uh, they believe Dallas Goddard's probably going to be a breakout tight end this season. And, look, they feel great about the roster. They had a lot of additions on defense at all three levels. It's You hate to say it's all, all on him, the quarterback, but he has to have a big year to come back as a starting quarterback, no question about it. Adam, the biggest thing to come out of Philadelphia since Harold Melvin of the Blue Notes. How you been? Good. How are you? Adam, so I want to f- switch gears here. Uh, Bills and their situation with their punter, Matt Ariza, yes. didn't play in Friday night's game. Is there some meat on the bone in that story? Apparently the Bills didn't know the alleged incident when they drafted him. No. What do you know about this situation? No, that's it. I mean, look. Uh, I talked to someone close to him uh, over the last 24 hours. Yeah, the Bills found out within the last three weeks. But the strangest thing is about this, and I, I don't think this could be underestimated, they, they cut veteran kicker Matt Hawk, who went up signing with the Colts. 
Well, they've known about the situation, and they cut that kick, that punter, and that's the rise is the only punter on the roster. So they they must have either believed him, or they didn't think this thing would blow up like it has. And the fan base is you know, up in arms over the situation. They 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 want the kid cut. Uh, the, the Bills have not made a decision yet. It, it doesn't seem likely he's going to be on the roster. Uh, Sean McDermott, the head coach, had a press conference today, and uh, Sean, you got emotional. I know Sean a little bit. It's a tough deal, and, and the thing is here, you know, I know that they, they've gathered their information. The situation, how this happened, this information come out in February or March, they have more time to dig in and, and extend this inf- information gathering. The problem is the season starts in two weeks. They don't have another punter on the roster, and uh, that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, and this is a complicated situation, obviously, you know, Adam, I got to know Matt Arisa being down in San Diego, and he is, you know, I interviewed him when he was up for the Ray yep. Guy Award. Um, you know, I mean, this is a horrific accusation. But this goes back, we've been talking about this whole idea of where the NFL can step in and discipline someone, and it's out of their jurisdiction. So this alleged incident obviously happened before he yep. came into the NFL. We were also talking about the whole dynamic with Aaron Donald, you know, swinging his helmet like a crazy man. And the NFL basically saying, well, there's not much we can do about it because it wasn't sanctioned by the NFL. So w- getting back to the Arises situation, is there anything the league can do? Or is this really up to the Buffalo Bills to make the ultimate decision? It is. It is. Because there are two choices. First of all, Steve, yeah, under the personal conduct policy, anything that happened prior to the draft does not apply. So that's the first thing. The club could either cut him, or as once was suggested to me, if they, I, I doubt they're willing to do this because he's a six-round pick, but they could do what the, the Texas with the, did with Deshaun Watson, let the legal process come out. Remember, he has, he has not been charged with anything, but he's being sued. Uh, let let's the legal process you know, decide what happens here. That's really the other situation here for the kid. Now, if they wind up cutting him, when he's subject to waivers, the, the, the thought would be no one else would pick him up until the situation would be resolved. I've actually dug into this a little bit, and that's kind of what the thinking is around the league. So another curveball here, uh, Adam. I know Steve will remember this. Back in the day when the Raiders needed a quarterback, they'd just go to the local BMW dealership and get Vince Evans. <laughs> But uh, oh, yeah. Vince oh, my was my guy. Yeah. I loved him. Yeah. Stud yeah. at USC. I, but... I was with the Raiders when we signed him during the replacement games in 1987 after his run in the USFL. So Vince he was my played guy. played forever, yes. I yes. remember number eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was cut, I think, seven separate times by the Raiders <laughs> and brought back. Is that right? Yeah, Jeez. it was unbelievable. I felt that was a good segue because after Sam Darnold was carted off the field yeah, against the Bills Friday night, well, guess what? Matt Rule said he would not cons- he would consider re-signing. Wait for it, Cam Newton. Do you believe yeah. it? Well, if you looked at the available quarterbacks out there, you would say, "Wow, he's probably the best guy." They're not going to consider Colin Kaepernick. You know, the Raiders worked him out, but no one signed him. Uh, the, the, the list of free agent quarterbacks out there—it's so weak. Now, the way they look at it, PJ Walker, who played for Matt Rule at Temple when Temple was a top ten team, believe it or not, in 2014. Walker has played in satellite leagues. He's been with Rule for a while. Uh, he'll be the number two quarterback. Uh, yeah, remember now, Matt Corral uh, suffered the dreaded full midfoot sprain, the Liz Frank injury. That's a nine-month to 12-month rehab. So he's done for the season. No matter how far they go, he would not be available. So yeah, all of a sudden, with Sam Darnold's high ankle sprain, they, by the way, they, they don't know how long that'll be. Um, in fact, uh, one source said that it, it could be longer than six weeks. 
it just depends on the testing and, and you know high ankle sprains they could be a long time uh so they'll evaluate that but yeah thank thankfully though as Matt Rule said today they're healthy otherwise and that's that's kind of one of my breakout teams if, if Baker Mayfield I was with the Panthers for a couple of days last week with the Patriots if if Baker Mayfield plays 15 games, let's say, of good football, they're going to be a playoff team. Not a, not a division winner, probably, but I, I do believe they'll be a wild card in the NFC. Yeah, if you go over Baker Mayfield's history, when he has something he has to prove, he usually delivers. Big question there is just being healthy this season with the Panthers. All right, let's get to the 49ers. Uh, Kyle Shanahan basically said after... Well, let's face it, Trey Lance didn't look exactly good the other night. Ready or not, here we go. Um, how's it going to play about Jimmy Garoppolo? 49ers keep floating it out there because they're getting no offers that Garoppolo could be on the roster this year, which to me would be a disaster because obviously if Trey Lance doesn't perform, putting Garoppolo in to me is not the right situation moving forward. But how's this all going to play out? Will Jimmy Garoppolo be on the opening day roster of the 49ers? Highly unlikely. First of all, just to even entertain the, the thought of bringing him back, they would have to severely cut his pay. He'd have to agree to that, number one. Number two, Trey Lance is going to be the starter. I know fans are – I was with the Niners not too long ago, and uh, he's very up and down. He's got, he's got a very long release. He's got amazing talent. But I'm told by multiple people uh, around the league that – he was the furthest away from being ready to play last season. Remember, he, he's only played three games in two years, and that's an absolute factor, and it shows. And uh, he's a talented kid. Now, Garoppolo, they'll be, he's got, for them, to not guarantee a salary of $24.2 million, actually, I think it's, just, it's based on actually, it would actually be a little bit more than that because it's a 17-game game not, uh, season, not 16, but I think it would, be, it would actually be over 26. To not guarantee $26 million, he's got to be off the roster. Uh, by September 10th, so he obviously would not be on the roster then. Um, what the Niners have been banking on is some team to lose their starting quarterback, and we've seen some backups I go do. down, but we've not seen some starters go down. And and Seattle, I cannot believe this. I mean, we didn't talk about this, but they're going to go with Geno Smith. Why? Because Drew Locke, you could say Geno Smith won the job. Well, he didn't really win it. Drew Locke lost it. He, Drew Locke was dreadful, and, and, and that's why they're going with Geno Smith. Adam, real quickly, the Aaron Donald situation, is the NFL just simply going to stand mute or at least institute some legislation so people stop helmet swinging? Well, he should have done that. But understand, these joint practices are, are not scheduled by the league. They're scheduled by the head coaches of each team. Now, I know there's video. It was ugly. To me, if anything, he should be fined by the club at the very least, and that's kind of where it's at right now. Uh, that was definitely ugly, and you can't have it. I, I, oh my, well, guys, I've been to five of them this summer. So ten teams practicing with each other. I was with the one in New England two weeks ago when there were four fights over two days, one which was actually for two minutes. Uh, three, at least three players were thrown out of practice. In the hot weather, and then later in August that you practice, guys are just sick of the practicing. You're asking for trouble. That's just the way it is. Final thing here. This idea of having a bye week before the season begins, this was introduced to us last year, Adam. I don't get it. I mean, is this a permanent fixture that we get a bye week before the season begins? Because I'm ready for NFL football right now. I mean, the preseason can't end soon enough, but we don't have NFL football this week. we got to wait another week and a half. I know. So unless – now, this was not brought up to me, but this is the only way to solve your question – 
The only way you could do it, this 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 won't ever happen, I don't think. But you you would have to have a joint practice, another one, maybe a couple. But you're just not you're not going to do that. Uh, you're just going to have to have the the, the week off. Uh, plus, don't forget we have the cut down to thir- to 53 on Tuesday, and then you resh- and then you get the practice squad. You reshuffle the deck of what you have, and you just start preparing for week one. Now I'm with you though. Uh, I'm with you now. It's obviously a big hot football time now. Uh, we've got that back. But it is kind of weird. we got all this football. we got all these preseason games. And we also have games tomorrow in the preseason, two more. And we've got the Pittsburgh one where Mitch Trubisky is still the favorite, but the lead has been narrowed down by Kenny Pickett to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, I will not be. I've been a big Trubisky guy, but, boy, I can see why they're falling in love with Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh right now. Adam, we covered a lot of ground as always. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Sounds sounds good, guys. Thank you. Adam Kaplan joining us there, a Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Bernie, we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side. But right now, let's find out what is trending as Dan Beyer. Taking time out from his usual busy Saturday <laughs> schedule with the family and it's a week multitude zero, of things. You know? And, yeah, I mean, you're like, hey, I got to hang out for week zero. Zero. Got to hang out. Zero. Who, who knows how long Scott Frost is going to be hanging out oh. in Lincoln after today's loss to Northwestern. Wildcats topped the Cornhuskers 31-28. to And if the seat wasn't hot enough for a game that was played in a different country, this game played in Ireland, Frost was asked after the game if he'd consider stepping down. No, absolutely not. Um, I love Nebraska. I'm going to fight fight with the guys uh, as long as I can fight. Steve, you earlier had the 5-21 and in one-score game stat oh. uh, at, North, at uh, Nebraska for Frost. Their 10th one-score loss um, dating back to the start of last season. They're a disaster. Yeah, it's uh, tough times, tough times in Lincoln. Not so much in Champaign, where Illinois leads Wyoming 24-6 with about three minutes to go in the third quarter. I've got some news on the Michigan football program in a second, but I do want to let you know that there is a turnover slot machine in Vegas. Yes, UNLV unveiling that today as they lead Idaho State 45-14. And UConn jumped out to a 14-0 lead only to have Utah State rally. It's 24-14 Aggies playing midway through the third quarter. Now that news about Michigan. Head coach Jim Harbaugh has named a starting quarterback for week one. But he's also named one for week two. Caden McNamara is going to start week one against Colorado State and says J.J. McCarthy will be the one who starts week two against Hawaii. In other words, they have no starting quarterback. They, your words, not mine. Falcons top the Jaguars in preseason football 28-12. You guys were talking with Adam Kaplan about the Panthers injury. Sam Darnold going to miss four to six weeks. U.S. Open starts on Monday. Venus and Serena Williams accepting a wild card invite to play in women's doubles, an event that they have won twice in their careers while it's a final boston just dropped the race 5-1 angels on top of the blue jays one nothing playing in the eighth inning steve bernie back to you guys dan great job as always thanks Thanks, so much humbled to have you on the show today uh by the way the much anticipated rematch of last year's super bowl is underway right now 325 (laughs) to go in the first quarter of the bengals with brandon allen at quarterback uh, the Rams are being shut out with Bryce Perkins at quarterback and the great Jake Funk uh, running the football. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, what, I mean, you were talking at the very start. You know, Bernie's like, hey, you know, there's a lot to be had about these preseason games. I, 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 I'm lost. I mean, seriously, how could you even wager a single penny on a game like this without any sense of what's going to happen? Well, you wouldn't today. 
You wouldn't today, but there are plenty of trends, historical notations, and patterns by coaches that the first three weeks or first two weeks, you know, I'll give you one quick example. The aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals lost in the Super Bowl. Go back 30 years, the Super Bowl losing team in their first NFL preseason game the following year, they're 5-25 and 25 against the spread because they don't care. Wow. That's, see, that's a great and, number. I yeah, love that. I, I, I could bore you with these things, this kind you of You never data. bore maybe, me maybe, with uh, sure money in my pocket. Yeah, it, it, Listen, there are plenty of coaches. You know about Harbaugh. The whole litany. At some point, I hope we do this again, Steve. I'll share with you the NFL preseason betting strategy. Real quickly, by the way, I love that you bring up college week zero. Believe it or not, that term was coined because when they created these games before the real week starts, the idea was to have matchups between smaller school teams and larger school teams where they could maybe get a payday, and there was no ranked teams played. And the, first, the first ever kickoff classic, and boy, this shows you how far Nebraska's come. Back in 83, they played it in East Rutherford. I bet you remember this. Nebraska was number one. They played number four Penn State. Yep. Beat them 44-6 to six in the old Giant Stadium. Yes. The point of the matter is, these early games now, they don't want ranked teams. That's why it's week zero. I remember when they used to play essentially a pigskin classic in Anaheim. I love that. Uh, in fact, it was Florida State and BYU the year after Ty Detmer won the high school. You're going to like this, Bernie. So um, we go out, uh, Chet Forty and I were in our first year together, 1991. And they had us do a broadcast from Disneyland to promote this matchup between BYU with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Ty Detmer, going against Florida State, always a power. And so we're walking down Main Street to look for wherever we're going to be set up to do our broadcast. And I just thought they're going to have a table, a couple of chairs. Oh, no, 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 no. They actually had like this mini stage and it had our names on the front of it. It's a Jet Forty and Steve Harvey. They did it up big time at Disneyland. It was one of my great moments ever. That was a lot of fun back in the day. I was like, man, I well, really, I really hit big time with this one out it, here. It, that game was a big deal. First of all, it was about a million degrees that day. Oh, Florida State just cooking. killed them, yeah. like forty-four to twenty. And Casey they Weldon, were Casey Weldon, the quarterback, right? Yeah. The quarterback, and of course they had Edgar Bennett and Ampley. That was a good Florida State team. Yes, it was. Good stuff. I was such a Ty Detmer fan. Oh. I mean, I will always say this about, you know, when people look back and say, wow, that guy won the Heisman Trophy. He was a bust. Ty Detmer was a classic example of the difference between college football and professional football. There really are two different sports. Ty Detmer was a college football superstar. And, of course, he kicked off his Heisman season by beating number one Miami, threw four touchdowns, 400 yards, lit him up, and and that really set him on in pace to win the Heisman Trophy. The fact that he never was more than a guy holding a clipboard for, you know, over a dozen years in the NFL, in no way diminishes what he did in college. Right, right, right. I mean, they are completely different sports. So I, I never hold it against a guy that was great at the college level that didn't pan out in the NFL. In no way, in my opinion, so you know, because we, we go down this all this long list of Heisman trophy bust in the NFL. I'm like, I don't even look at it that way. I mean, you know, the NFL is very, very different. And so much about the NFL is about being in the right system, right place, right time. I've said this about the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Bernie. Half of the players in the Pro Football Hall of Fame are there because they were just that good. 
The other half, right place, right time, right position, right situation, and that's ultimately why they got the uh, ultimate prize. So, And if I could share my Ty Detmer memory, by the way, he was outstanding at BYU. Oh, unbelievable. Okay, so I told you I covered the Lions between 98 and 08, saw everything. 98 was Barry Sanders. Last year, 08 was, yep. of course, Rod Marinelli's famous 0-16 team. I covered the greatest NFL preseason team that year. That yeah, 4 Yeah, 4-0. Right, 80 points, only allowed 32. That's why yeah. I always say, look, the preseason means nothing. If I had a nickel for every time somebody flashed in the preseason, you're trying to tell me that the hype is real. Uh, Elon Musk would be mowing my lawn. Yeah. Here's my Ty Detmer memory. 2001 against the Cleveland Browns. He threw seven interceptions that day, week three. <laughs> seven interceptions. In one game. You know, the year he won the Heisman, he threw 28 interceptions that year. 28! Still won the Heisman Trophy. I don't know. He was I, – I, I mean, Norm Chow was the offensive coordinator at BYU in those yes. days under Lavelle yes. Edwards. Yes. And he told me – I'll never forget this. When he came to USC, his first year working with Pete Carroll, with Carson Palmer, I did a TV thing with him. And that first year they were like six and six. They didn't do much that first. There was no indication of anything special. And he used to tell me, he goes, if I could put – Ty Detmer's brain and Carson Palmer's body, I would have the greatest quarterback of all time. He, he always said this. Now, it was no knock on Carson Palmer. It was more of a talking about Ty Detmer was the smartest quarterback in terms of being able to read things and just deliver um, because that's really what quarterbacking comes down to is recognition of the situation right. and that instantaneous ability to deliver what is right in the moment. Um, and he and he said, you know, if I had if I had Palmer for four years, man, I'd win a Heisman Trophy. Was well, it turned out he only needed one more year because Palmer did that and he caught on right quick. So yeah, Demmer was definitely a special guy at BYU. All right, on the other side, some little. I want to get a little more from Bernie. Some predictions here, right? I want a few more predictions before we wrap up things. Fox Sports Saturday, right here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Bernie Fratto here on Fox Sports Saturday. I want to thank the guys today. Iowa Sam, Bernie, is a little anxious right now. He's tossing and turning, thinking about next week as the Iowa Hawkeyes open their schedule against South Dakota State. That's right. The Jacks. Out um, of Kinnick Stadium out there. Uh, any any preseason prediction on the Hawkeyes this year coming off a good season? How many, yeah. how many wins do you think they'll uh, – they uh, had a disappointing finish, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, nine or ten wins. Nine or ten. Yeah, another pretty solid year. And yeah. that's uh, for Kirk Ferentz to yeah. uh, keep his job for you another ten years. <laughs> what do you think? 
Is he safe forever? Oh, um, <laughs> he won't be there another ten years. Not, not another no. ten. He'll, he'll, he'll retire, you know. With and and by the way, really quick, Steve, yeah. ask Iowa Sam about the rejoin music right there. Yeah, Sam, what about the rejoin music? So that there? is. Uh, you, know, you want me to spill the beans? Oh yeah, Bernie, you take it. I mean, this is. Well, that was Harold Melvin and the Blue yes, Notes. Yes, there you go. Ah, little, little recall back to the segment with Adam Kaplan. Now Kaplan knows what you're talking about. <laughs> and he's from Philadelphia. He knew. I think I, I had him on my show a couple times last year. And he, anyway, we continue. Yeah, I'm sort of blind and uh, deaf to almost anything that's played musically on this show. And Iowa Sam knows that. Only occasionally does he actually play something. I'm like, oh, hey, hang on a second. I mix it up a little uh, bit. But he likes to have a little theme. Uh, Dan Byers stopped on by today. It was great to have Dan on the show today. DB. Uh, and Danny G, of course, our producer. Danny, um, I know it's a long wait for that opening game for your Raiders. Oh, come on already. Uh, they're going to be taking on a Charger team that literally mailed in the preseason. I mean, they yeah. did nothing in the preseason at all. What's your gut feeling? You feel like a Raider upset week one? Yeah, it's going to be a Raider home crowd in the Raider second home there at SoFi. And Steve, I'm thinking about getting some tickets and bringing you there because I know you love not just the NFL atmosphere, but you love the food there. The menu at no, so no. far. No, actually, yesterday I bought tickets for the only oh. primetime game the Chargers have this year, uh, which is a Monday night game against the Broncos. Taking my boys to the game, bought the tickets. Not too bad. I mean, it's not cheap, obviously, but it could have been worse. Uh, but we will not spend one cent <laughs> On food. Steve's going to have bologna sandwiches in a clear plastic bag. Now, Bernie, I have yet to be out at Allegiant Stadium. Here's the thing. Down in San Diego at Petco Park and now at this brand new Snapdragon Stadium, their food is off the charts good. Like, they they get local vendors to bring in the best of the best. I went to SoFi last year. The food is not even edible. It is absolute garbage. I don't know if they're going to upgrade it, but for a $6 billion stadium, we were warned about it, and it was actually worse than advertised. How is it out at Allegiant? Do they have good food out there? Yeah, a lot of big-time choices, too. Have you been to a hockey game here yet, Steve? I have, have not been? been to Allegiant okay. yet. I haven't so, been there well, yet. Uh, but how about the, the reason I invoke the Golden Knights is we have not only the regular fare, but there's a lot of gourmet-type fare, too. They do a real yes. nice job with it. And I'm in agreement with you, Petco. Those, what, those three-foot-long hot dogs, you can eat half and sleep on the other half. They're they really tasty. They have tri-tip sandwiches there. Oh, there. yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, like you bite in, like somebody said, you got to try this tri-tip sandwich and it looked good, right? You know what? Like you're like anticipating like, okay, this is going to be good. And then you bite into it. It's like way beyond good. Yes. Gourmet. Gourmet. Oh. And by the way, I've seen the pictures. I've not been to SoFi, full disclosure, but I've seen the pictures, Steve, and they look like the pictures of the old Clifton's Cafeteria back in the day. <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm not kidding you. I was forewarned about this. Look, it's an amazing venue. I'm not going to dis- dismiss the venue because it is mind-boggling, to be honest, you, SoFi Stadium. But I was warned about the food, and we went, we went sort of like old school. Like, I mean, it's one thing that where you're paying like 18 bucks for a beer. You know, and my boys, you know, are in their twenties, so we're all drinking beers. But they, we, my my old, my youngest, so he wants to eat all the time. So he went and got out a buck because we ate dinner before we even got there. Okay, so we weren't all that hungry. He went to get a bucket of popcorn. I mean, how hard, how harmless is that? I have never tasted saltier popcorn in my life. Like literally. One bite, and you could not eat the rest of it. And I understand making it salty, so you go back for more beverages and everything else. It was it was just awful. 
Awful. Just awful, awful, awful. Because I was looking around at everyone else. I'm like, hey, come on. If you're going to spend this kind of money on a stadium, come on. Go on. I love local venues. Yeah. That's, oh. that's where you got to go. And San Diego gets it, man. They go local yes. venues at Petco, and they're going to do the same thing at this new Snapdragon Stadium. Well, I'm a simple guy, and I'm easily amused. To this day, the best food I ever had was the old uh, carved roast beef sandwich in the right field oh. pavilion at Camden Yards that Boog Powell owned. And I'm still very partial to the ballpark, Frank. They had at the old Tiger Stadium. They were just amazing. I went to the old Tiger Stadium. You'll appreciate this. 1983. There you go. The second game that Bob Costas ever did at NBC, the backup game of the week. I was flown out of L.A. to be his stack guy with Tony Kubek for that mm, game. Those were the days. Oh, the old Tiger Stadium. I love those kind of old stadiums. But, Bernie, this is the problem. You and I go down memory lane, and we share those memories, and everyone else is looking at us cross-eyed. I don't know. Well, if you're going to be a keen observer, it doesn't hurt to revoke history. or Call up history, I should say. It's been a blast, Steve. Uh, Bernie, great stuff. By the way, Ohio State's 17-point favorites over Notre Dame next Saturday. Which way are you leaning? Oh, Ohio State's going to bury them. The, the line is 17, and I think it's going, to be, it, it's going to be a big win. Bernie, great job. Really appreciate you hanging out. But don't go anywhere, folks. Lots more coming up. Keep it here on a fabulous Saturday on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.